Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch New York Ninja. Okay, so true story. This guy goes to New York, and he films an entire movie there. Here's the twist. It was 1984, and he never releases it, because, uh, look at it. But it just sits in the vault, right? In, the, you know, the same vault with the hobgoblins and everything, and a cardboard box marked Hamdingers. Some intern finds this one day, right? And it's just like, this looks good enough. And they just release it to the world in 2021. No fanfare, nothing. Luckily, we found it. We came across it. And boy, this movie is a treasure. The decision to be like, okay, we have no audio for this movie. We have to redub all of it. Who should we get? Don the Dragon Wilson, obviously, as our main it's, character. Uh, it's no like joke. literally that that like I feel like the conversation in that room would have been as short as the conversation on this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> you it's give like us any scene. movie and we're like, who should do the voice work? Uh, Don the Dragon Wilson. Isn't that like that fucking always sunny clip where it's like, who are we gonna get to be in our movie? Well, obviously Dolph Lundgren. Oh, it has it's to be Dolph like, Lundgren. It's just like that quick, you know. <laughs> well, so of it was course. the right choice. Yes, yes, yes. It was absolutely the right choice. So, yet another movie. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yet another movie in the uh, uh, the Don the Dragon Wilson verse. But before we get into it, Parker, some news. Uh, one that I heard about is that they're making. I guess it's a Halo movie. It's something on Peacock, or maybe it's a Halo oh. series. <laughs> They've been trying to make that series for what feels like my entire adult life. Yeah, but there was a I, teaser what? trailer. There's I mean, so sure. many streaming services. What took them this long? But like. Halo's fun because I'm playing it. I don't want to watch a bunch of people. Hey, Halo 5 has a lot of cutscenes you can't interact with, and that game fucking sucks. The fun of Halo is being the Master Chief. I don't want to sit here and watch, like, wow, you know, the Covenant. Just look at him. Yeah, look at this great you gotta CGI realize, on Peacock. You gotta realize it's Halo for the Metal Gear Solid fans. Yeah, see now you Dan, if you're listening, we have other good segments coming up, alright, so just (laughs) please keep listening. Parker, can I read the tweet that I sent you earlier? Absolutely you can. (laughs) Let's hear it, let's hear it. Kristen Stewart is developing a gay ghost hunting reality show with a friend, which she has described as a, quote, a paranormal romp in queer space with elevated aesthetics... Parker, I will see you for episode one. I guess I'm just going to have eight streaming services for fucking ever. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they're all going to be on Discovery Plus, dude. I I might have subbed to it. What the fuck does elevated aesthetics mean? Uh, Are they going to be drinking tea out of porcelain teacups or something? I think that it's just everybody involved is six foot and above. But I okay. could be <laughs> May or may not have subbed to Discovery Plus because it was $7 for the ad free version and it has all of the Ghost Adventures episodes and also all of Gold Rush. That's called value where I'm from, sir. Is the Demi Lovato show on there? 
Uh, that's on Peacock. Okay. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the, the Kesha show and the Kristen Stewart show are going to be on Discovery+. Plus. And more importantly, it's a compromise because it also has every single 90 Day Fiance spinoff. So it's like, oh, see, you can Oof. watch that. Okay. Well, while I watch that, the New York Ninja. Sounds like more negative than positive. but uh, This is going to have fucking... This is just going to end with Selena Gomez going into the sewers of New York to find the alligators. <laughs> Selena Gomez going to the sewers of New York to find a regular sized <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez and Plaxico Burris hunt ghosts they show the fucking behind the scenes there where they're like widening the manhole for her head <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Looney Tunes cartoon where a giant eraser comes in to erase the goal. <laughs> Chris, I'm terribly sorry for the one listener we just lost because of the Selena Gomez head size conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. You though. can tell she's a huge Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> she uses two tight ends, no more, no less. So, guys, Parker, any other news? I was so excited to just get on my fucking soapbox and complain about this fucking Disney Plus thing and just how it's scooping up every single possible IP you could ever care about or not even care about. Anything you've heard of and I might have seen at some point and they're all getting their fucking Disney Plus series and it's never ending. And then they announced that Predator movie. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be a real fucking hypocrite if I said I wasn't going to watch Prey. A movie that takes place 300 years ago in the Comanche Nation. If you think I'm not there day zero to watch this fucking movie, you are out of your mind. Uh, my dad will be sitting right next to you in the theater. I am so excited. Directed oh by God. Dan Trachtenberg of 110 Cloverfield Lane fame. Let's get it. You make all the fucking She-Hulk and fucking cars and Big Hero 6. You can make all that shit you want. You give me a Predator movie like every other year, it's fine. It all washes out in the end. <laughs> Dude, I think my money might be on the Comanche. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends, on, it depends on which one they take back to their home planet. Might explain why there's 300 more years of Predators coming to Earth. Just saying. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> the ending is Predators just get shit out by the Comanche. Like, Dude. Alright, you gotta teach us. When that when that got announced, I got to explain that last Predator movie to so many people that hadn't yes. seen it, and it made me so happy. Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> and as they're leaving, film. like yeah, so when it was in the ends, and he gets like an Iron Man suit to hunt predators, and then it, credits just roll. Dude, remember how angry it made Loaf that Olivia Munn had agency? <laughs> remember how mad it made Aaron Rodgers that Olivia Munn had agency? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's why they broke up? <laughs> Is that all for the news? Oh, good. Uh, just to quickly, how it just kind of slipped out two days afterwards, like, oh yeah, all those Star Wars projects aren't happening. <laughs> On one hand, uh, thank God I'm free. <laughs> the chains but also, and shackles are at my feet. But also, like... That's just, like, lopping six episodes off our next three God. years. Guys, like... How hard is this? Like, am I fucking crazy? Like, I've after watching the finale of Mandalorian season two, it's become very aware. Like, okay, like, Star Wars isn't my thing. This is not made for me. That's fine. Bullshit. Throw in the flag. No, I haven't watched that lying. fucking anime show yet. And you, yeah, but yeah, you didn't watch you the just said yes. Wars, so, uh, what? 
since when did oh. I watch the Clone Wars? No, I, I said you didn't. Oh, well, how many? I'm trying to give you credit have? here. Oh. You, uh, <laughs> I thought you were trying to touch your trying the to alley oop. Into admitting. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I mean, I have no interest in watching that Boba Fett show. Uh, if she Wait, turns around, go, if she goes, "Hey, this looks cool. Do you want to watch it?" I'll say yes because it's either that or more ninety day fiance. So you, just, <laughs> you take the battle, yeah, you know, right. as they come day by day. But oh no, I have to watch the Boba Fett show. Guys. I don't care oh, about this. No. And even I am sitting here like, how can you just keep announcing things and going? As uh, creative differences, it's just fucking Star Wars. How hard oh, can well, this be? The Here's creative difference. Go no, the something. creative difference between Star Wars and Ryan Johnson is that they asked him to make a good movie, and he said no. <laughs> I mean, don't you want to see Patty Jenkins handle some deep space action? I mean, me I either. do, but I love garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like, I just don't understand. There's been more projects canceled than have come out, and how hard can it be to be like, I'll just make like a two-hour movie of people doing cool stuff in space. Dude, could you fucking imagine if, like, Ryan Johnson made a Star Wars movie and it was just in a vault until 2060 and then we got to see it? That's what I was <laughs> thinking. Imagine, like, 80 me. years. Imagine the 80 years of no Star Wars movies. They bring it back and people are just like, oh, this would be good. Martin Squarely has the only copy. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. I really don't get how hard it can be just to make a Star Wars movie, like, every three years, like... Not even that I'm asking for one. Just as a neutral observer of movies existing. How well, you know, you maybe keep lobbing it up and just spiking it right into the net year after year after year? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's kind of like the Titanic. It just got too big, you know? And there's so many fans, and they were so pissed off with episodes 8 and 9, and they were just like, okay. Uh, I think everyone panicked in the boardroom at Star Wars headquarters. And they're just like, oh my god, we need to be really careful with the next movie. And, uh, I don't know, I guess now they're they're panicking, so no more Patty Jenkins, no more, uh, Ryan Johnson. Back to the old... get a serious director in here. Like, Colin Trevorrow. (laughs) Roland Emmerich Star Wars. I I would, like, literally every dollar in my bank account on the table right now for Roland Emmerich Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, we'll get I to want him. to hear about the space French, dude. <laughs> France still exists in Star Wars. Uh, editor's note, I just now realized as I was rushing typing that out, I wrote Ruin Johnson on accident without even realizing it. Uh-huh, accident. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> Your phone autocorrected, it knows. Okay. Those letters are closer together, it's chill. Alright, let's go with our uh, jerks of the week here. I'd like to go first. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. This comes from the single shortest news article I think I've ever read. My jerk of the week is, in fact, Melanie Arias. Yeah, you may be wondering, who the fuck is that? Most people would be wondering that. And she's, in fact, a middle school principal. She's a principal of Tuloso Midway Middle School in Texas. Corpus Christi. This is already longer than Vern Troyer has died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she has sent out a, uh, a memo to family members and parents saying it has come to our attention that some students are being influenced by anime a genre of graphic animation available to anyone on social media please be aware of what your child may be watching on their devices while online at tmms we promote health and safety we strive to surround our students around positive experiences that promote good decision making respectfully this bitch of a principal so let me get this straight you're telling me these kids aren't allowed to watch ninja scroll that's bullshit they have to learn. Yeah. They need to know what's out there. They yeah, need I didn't to realize this was a Hero of the Week segment. 
<laughs> now, like you're trying to tell me that you know parents in in high schools in Virginia are able to censor their critical race theory stuff, but we can't show these kids the censored feminized cut of Ninja Scroll. I think that's kind of bullshit. Well, like as someone who uh, went to elementary school in Texas, of course we got the abstinence speech, which was a fun day. If instead of <laughs> Chris, that whole fucking that an anime? caboodle, you just had someone go. And by the way, uh, women have poison in their vaginas. <laughs> Boom, you're done. <laughs> just Chris, ninja scroll. Chris, China yes. has banned both teenage gamers and femboys. How are we going to keep up if we allow anime in the classroom? Oh, wait, shit, you, that's a good point. Okay, so, you know, nuclear acceleration is what... It's time to but... take up arms. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> uh, Alex makes a good point. Who are your jerks of the week? <laughs> so, uh, my jerk of the week, as per usual, is 75% of the time it's either the Cheeto Man or myself. And this week it happens to be me. Because, uh, our good friend Repick told me the other day that uh, his job, which is like under some sort of new management after some department merge that makes him miserable or whatever, you know, corporate mm-hmm. bullshit that I don't understand. Not important. But uh, they decided to have a uh, Star Wars trivia competition, which our good friend Repick won and told me about. Ooh. Which, you know, most people would go, haha, that's really funny. But I, being the person that I am, instead... <laughs> it changed his Discord role to number one Star Wars fan and gave him a little Baby Yoda emoji next to his name and have been Fucking pinging asshole. him both in Discord and on Twitter for the past week about any Star Wars trivia that I see. <laughs> because I cannot help myself. I am a broken individual. Open up Discord <laughs> I'm surprised uh, it wasn't your girlfriend for her her nighttime driving. (laughs) (laughs) That brought so much joy to my life. I can give two jerks of the week if you want, because that is a good story. Yeah, go ahead. uh, Let's uh, tell everyone the story. Before I get to that, Chris, when you liked that tweet the other day about whether Yoda was a boy or a girl, (laughs) just go back and look at the replies at who I pinged. (laughs) There's only one man I know that has the answer. (laughs) <laughs> Congrats, dude. Send. Okay. <laughs> dude, when you talked about sending his wife a, a baby Yoda onesie or something like that, he's like, she would just throw it away. It's just like, oh man, we all have to send him oh, one. Just it's, in case. it's literally like, like I have done my thing and like ran the joke into the ground so hard that five days later he's now genuinely mad about being called a Star Wars fan. So uh, you're welcome, everyone. Oh my um, god. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Backup trick of the week is my wife for driving home with the lights off. <laughs> I was just scrolling through Discord to see how can you not tell it's dark out. Oh, it was beautiful. I love that it happened right outside your house. Too. And Literally, he drives like, I past. Pa- I passed the car. Yeah, I passed the car. Do you, I, I like the idea of you making like that face, like the, the fucking like Luigi Mario Kart face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm throwing a banana peel out for the cop to trip on. <laughs> That's gonna lower our insurance. <laughs> fucking dick. God damn it. It's fine. Well, though. You, I'm not mad. It's, it's hard to tell how she's supposed to know it's dark out. I mean, yeah, you know, it's one of two things. You know, sometimes you guess wrong. It's cool. Anyway, Parker, who's your jerk of the week? 
Guys, my trick of the week is us. Because we just keep punching up at people. We're making fun of people more successful than us. I mean, like, Joe Rogan's a millionaire, a successful podcast host, and he can suck his own dick. Guys, I think it's time for us to quit being haters. We could take a lesson from him. All right, learn look. to give ourselves a stop. <laughs> so here is my problem with that story. He was literally one of the hosts of the Man Show. If you're on the Man Show episode <laughs> one, you got to come out there and be like, "Yeah, I can suck my own dick. Fuck these bitches." Like, you cannot keep that under wraps for almost twenty years. That he's full of shit. He's lying. That's... Also, he's built like a strong man from the 1920s. He absolutely cannot suck his own dick. And he's <laughs> right, a coward yeah. if he doesn't prove it. Yeah. Come on the show uh, and prove it. Joe Rogan. So, hypothetically speaking, if they were to announce, like, tomorrow, there's a one-night-only event in Vegas in six months where Joe Rogan is going to attempt to suck his own dick, and you can go out and be in the audience, and you can bet one side or the other, would you go? Absolutely. No, I don't think I would go because someone would fucking tape the whole thing and be on Twitter. Yeah, I, I I would go because I could make back my airfare just betting exactly. the correct way. Like, for yeah. someone to go out to Nevada to visit her family, it's like, hey, we can both win. We can stay in a five star <laughs> hotel for free, baby. Dude, I have I have a lot of ideas about gambling themed events in Vegas that uh, we will discuss off mic. Because we're uh, getting a double decker bus like fucking Austin Powers exactly. put down the Vegas Strip. <laughs> like we're gonna live it up. Dude. There's no way that man can suck his own dick. Could you imagine he if he did, though, it. how distraught that entire bus would be going home? No, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the physics that I quoted you two hours ago. No, I don't want to hear it. Angle of deflection. <laughs> the, the bus is so quiet, and it just turns into like that scene from Remember the Titans where one guy tries to get Ain't No Mountain High Enough going, and one guy's like, shut up. <laughs> No one? I'm the only one to watch that movie? Okay. So, uh, let's Max talk about happy. what we watched recently. I, I went to... I'm gonna get to... assigned that one. <laughs> I like that movie. Alright, I, uh, I went to the movie theater, and I watched The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. One of my all-time favorite movies. A great musical. And, uh, when we talk about women in film, usually what people mean is they talk about female directors. Uh-oh. And... I, I think that's kind of too narrow because there are whole different ways that women ought to be succeeding in film outside of uh, the director's chair. I mean, writing is a really big one. And the reason that The Best Little Horror House in Texas works is because of two women in particular. One is Dolly Parton. It may be saying, oh, what'd she do? She just uh, started the movie. Well, she actually wrote three songs for the movie, and those are three of the best songs in the movie, one of which went on to be covered by Whitney Houston, who was a multiple number one selling single. Um, but she also made numerous changes to the script. And this pissed off a lot of people. Apparently it pissed off uh, the people who were actually involved, because it turns out Best Little Horror House in Texas is based on a true story. And it pissed off the guy who wrote the original theatrical play. Uh, to them I say, I don't care. The movie is better. Uh, the movie works a lot better as a result of Dolly Parton's changes. And the fact that she is really, really good in their movie, she Dolly Parton kind of reminds me of like, something I've said about the Beatles and that they probably would have been better comedians than musicians because she is just naturally funny. She can take these lines that are just kind of ho-hum, but when she says them, they seem so natural. They seem so much funnier when she says it. So, A, I really like her, but everyone likes Dolly Parton. Also, a lot of credit to Carol Hall. Carol Hall actually wrote all the other music in there. She wrote not just the score, but all the other songs that they use, and uh, I happen to really like it. So, this movie holds up. I was very pleasantly surprised to see how well it holds up. So, if you haven't seen The Best Little Horror House in Texas, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll get right on that. 
All right. Uh, now let's talk. You just waiting for me to say I've never seen it, and you just added it that. No, I was. I thought it was like a. Actually, thought you had seen it. Huh. That, that's uh, me. That's me. Oh, I, I'm the person that watches musicals. Like, yeah. <laughs> and also, one, a close friend of mine met his wife on a production of that. So, really, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I, yeah, I flipped through a cable as a kid, saw the title, and I gave it ten minutes and went. I don't think I'm gonna be able to beat off to this. I don't <laughs> think this is actually the best one. You know, yeah, <laughs> a lot of whorehouses out there. It's a yeah. You know, I have to admit, it is kind of weird for me to, to watch that movie and be so entertained by it the, the week after I say that I'm against pornography now. Because uh, it's like, oh yeah, legalized prostitution, it's really good, and they sing songs they dance about. I'm like, yeah, that makes it okay. So, if you want your I, porno I, to be yeah. good, more musical numbers. Hey, they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I had to fulfill the uh, requirements of the Game of Games, one of which was to watch a cat movie. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who put that space in? Because it wasn't me. Thanks. Must have been Parker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, playing fast and loose with this, I decided to watch a movie with Cat Dennings. And uh, I'll count it. Now, now here's the yeah. Now here's the thing: is uh, much like the Ken Jong space, it's got to be a Cat Dennings movie, not just like oh she's in it for like forty five seconds. Like that doesn't really count. So I was like, what does she star? I'm like, oh, almost nothing. So I had to really search for one, but I did find one, one from 2014 called Suburban Gothic. Uh, this is a comedy horror movie. Alex, oh. stay on the chat. Don't sign out. Yes. Right to. This <laughs> sounds like something you would have already seen by now. Hey. Could you anyway, imagine Chris so... watching Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? Yes, and I can. Oh, God, no. Uh, I don't want to watch fair that. Fair enough. Uh, hey, that's me. Just write that down. No, no. <laughs> Anyway, um, she's in this, yes, uh, and she is a goth in this, and okay, she's okay, got and she's got a crowbar, and she's a bartender, and uh, she's really, really funny, and uh, I really liked her in this, and I think she's gorgeous. I'd also like to push back against all the people, usually people on Letterboxd, and say like, oh my god, I wish she just crushed me with her thighs and shit like that. Why do people keep saying that? I'm kind of like sick and tired of people saying that. You know what I want Kat Dennings to do to me? I'd like for her to laugh at one of my jokes. I'd like for her to compliment me on my sense of style. I don't want her to, like, shove broken glass in my eyes or something. I would like her to respect me as if I were a woman. Yes. Sort of. Unfortunately, anyway, it's easier for me wait, to imagine what? a woman spitting on me than laughing at my jokes. Right, yeah. So I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Ray Wise is in this. Uh, he is what doing this. I, I like that Ray <laughs> Wise has sort of fallen into this is what Ray Wise is now, you know? So it's like you kind of know what you're getting. It also has... Um, I don't remember who's the Latino guy from uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. He's in this for about 45 seconds. And John Waters is in this for a minute and 45 seconds. Uh, he's oh, actually well, really funny in his cameo John scene. Waters space, then, so. uh, yeah, doesn't quite. But, uh, Someone has that this week. We'll you, you know what's weird is that. You know what's weird is that, like, the John Waters thing is I've never seen any movie with him. I just know that there's a certain subsection of uh, film culture that really, really likes his movies. And uh, I just have never understood it. Anyway, he's actually really funny in this. I was like, wait, that guy rules. Put him in more movies. So maybe he's like kind of better as an actor than he is a director. Maybe his directed movies are really good. I don't know. I'm talking way too much about John Waters for a movie that he's barely in. The story of this movie, such as it is, there's this guy who's kind of a slacker. Really should have been played by Trevor Moore, but instead he's played by some other guy. And uh, no, Weezen Ed's not in this. And he, say it, he has no job. You were thinking it. He returns home to his family, and his father is Ray Wise. 
dies, and he has to live in his old childhood bedroom, and it kind of sucks for him, and he goes to the bar, and oh, uh, Kat Dennings is there as the bartender, and she's a goth, and I'm like, why the fuck would you leave home? Just stay there. So, uh, anyway, he, he returns home, and some people are doing work out back, and this is a really cheap production, and you can kind of tell. If you, you were to just look at the box, if you were to tear your, your gaze away from Kat Denning's chest, you'd be like, oh, this looks like it was made for about $75. Uh, anyway, they unearth the buried remains of a kid who got murdered or something like that, and a ghost haunts him and stuff like that. And the, the effects are really not very good, but I was kind of surprised that the jokes were okay. You know, and usually horror comedy really doesn't do comedy very well. This one was actually alright, and I like the characters, and I wanted them to uh, win at the end. And they ultimately do, and it's it's okay. It's not quite as good as Cockneys vs. Zombies, but this one was pretty good. I can't believe I said well, that sentence. I'm, I'm glad it cleared the bar. Also, yeah. uh, Chris, in, in all of your life, have you ever experienced a goth bartender? No. Do you I, have exper- I have experienced one. It was at a Nordstrom rack. I'm not joking. <laughs> Moving on. How do we move on? Okay, I'm actually how? surprised, speaking of John Waters, <laughs> this sounds like an insult, but I'm surprised you haven't seen Hairspray. No, I, I haven't seen Hairspray. No, no, no. I, I, actually, that's a, it's kind of on point. My sister really likes Hairspray. so Hairspray's not bad. Yeah. I, I have it's not got seen your Hairspray. boy, John Travolta, in it. Or uh, I guess maybe I can't call him that in that context. But uh, I didn't know he was British this whole time. Uh, anyway, uh, he's... Uh, yeah, maybe that's in my future. Maybe that's next week's episode. Uh, yeah, next up Only is... Well, hey, hey, Second. Hey, 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 Okay, all right. Shit, up. it's locked in. Anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the next one that I watched is... Look, I've been assigned a lot of things on the Game of Games... A lot of assignments, even from friends, some of which are pretty easy to find, some of which are extraordinarily difficult to find. This one, I can safely say, is the hardest movie I've ever found or had to look for. Uh, such to the point that on that website that I only, I'm the only one who uses it, iCheckMovies.com, uh, I found this one. I am the only person with a check mark for this movie. It doesn't have cover art. This is Detonator 2 Night Watch. Hell yeah, starring, dude! You're welcome. Yeah. Starring <laughs> You're Pierce Brosnan, now, buddy. William Devane, and a woman. So Pierce Brosnan has a mullet in this movie, and uh, <laughs> so I'm about to be the second person. To watch it. Let's fucking go! I'm I gonna had to make dude, an account I, right now to back you up, dude. I had to go to a fucking uh, Russian tracking website to to get it. I was this close to buying the VHS for seven ninety nine. Okay, I'm dead serious. You have a VHS player? Yeah, it's uh, built into my CRT TV. That thing, this CRT TV that I'm looking at right now is probably worth like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) me bringing this into like a Smash Bros. There's no way I'd leave with it intact. So, uh, uh, if we do the Super Bowl again this year, bring it. We'll have a second oh, TV set up. Dude. Get the games bad. <laughs> but also just watch January? the game on the CRT and put Smash. Yeah. There's got to be some way to do that. I'm, okay, we'll, we'll work this out. Okay, so Detonator 2 Night Watch. It's not quite as good as Detonator 1 Night uh, with Death Train. Uh, this has uh, Pierce Brosnan letting his accent come out because uh, this is the same year as Goldeneye. He doesn't really care. The likelihood that you're seeing this, not particularly strong. Uh, one of the things that differentiates this from a, Gold- from a James Bond movie is that this movie sucks. Uh, is, uh doesn't have as much action in it. It's mostly them figuring things out that aren't particularly interesting. Uh, 
what is it? There's some guy, he's got a, like a satellite that can destroy all the world's systems oh, with uh, the yeah, with a click of a button. <laughs> and uh, they're selling it to the North Koreans and uh, some of them. A lot of this movie takes place in Hong Kong and you never hear anyone speak Chinese, which I thought was an odd choice. Uh, there's really not the much... The 90s, they didn't know it yet. It's yeah, fine. also it was direct-to-TV, so... I mean, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. There is one scene that is worth talking about in this movie, one scene that I thought was very entertaining. Uh, there is a Chinese woman who is their CIA contact, and uh, she's pretty cute, and she's uh, she actually kisses James Bond on the mouth right in front of his partner. And she's like, James! And she walks away. He's like, what was a good I kiss? What am I going to do? And oh, I keep calling him James Bond. Pierce Brosnan. Anyway, she walks away. She's in a phone booth. She's making a call to someone, and some guy, some bad guy, sees her and floors it, hits the phone booth while she's in it, and the funniest dummy, like, like, send into the air I've ever seen in my life just flies like 40 feet in the air and flips over the place. It was astonishing. So, is it worth seeking out the 7.99 VHS? We shall see when Amazon ships. So, uh, oh god. Oh, fuck. All right. Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> next one. Next one hurts. Uh, you have some salad today, buddy? You want to go uh, pop a squat? No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> this one, look, it, it took a while, all right? We've had a lot of assignments for the Game of Games, but uh, none that I've like really loved and none that I've really despised. This one, this one I hated. It's called Howard Lovecraft in the Frozen Kingdom. For Mar- Marmaduke, motherfucker. Yeah, this, uh... Oh, boy. We did don't you forget. Pay, did you ever pay me back? This <laughs> one. So, uh, Howard Marmaduke Lovecraft, which, which is, uh, of course, an adaptation of a graphic novel, is about <laughs> Howard Phillips Lovecraft from Providence, Rhode Island, who wrote all that's those fun. great short stories. Yeah, that's, that's the and, Boston market. And, uh, weirdly enough, he, uh, this movie's all Canadian, and boy, can you tell. <laughs> uh, th- it also has Ron Perlman and Christopher Plummer for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, how does this movie start? Uh, well, this is another movie that was kind of hard to find. Not on any of the usual streaming services. And I couldn't find the tour and couldn't find it on So It Goes. So I had to watch it on Tubi TV. I cannot live another day without air conditioning. Says tomorrow's going to be hotter. Hotter? Like yesterday. Yesterday. Torture. Yesterday you said you'd call Sears. I'll call today. You call now. <laughs> I'll call now. I'll call now. Now's the time to save on Sears installed central air conditioning. Get 0% finance charge, no billing, and no payments until August with the Sears Charge Home Improvement Plan. Call now for a free in-home estimate on a Kenmore air conditioning system. Yeah, actually, watch system. this on my uh, CRT. State-of-the-art engineering means greater energy efficiency. <laughs> a new Kenmore could save 10 to 44% on your annual cooling costs. In time, Do you just, like, you have it to hold itself. over Josh's Sears hand? Also offers fast emergency installation, a five-year warranty on parts seen? and labor, plus our satisfaction guarantee. I mean, I'm at the TV. And you know but... Sears will be there to back it up. Get 0% finance charge, no billing, no payments until August. Offer ends May 31st, so call are now the, and are the, 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 the red, white, yellow jacks in the front the or the back? From another scorcher. Cool. Oh, it's done. Okay, so uh, the movie is uh, okay. So Howard <laughs> Phillips Lovecraft is a forget to edit yeah. that. <laughs> so absolutely Love- it. So I am leaving it. So Lovecraft was. Uh, I want everyone to understand what I went through. I watched fucking movies on Tubi. Okay, <laughs> this is like every single like 
15 minutes, like, oh, good, this shit. So this is about, like, little, I guess, eight-year-old Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and it's all animated in that 3D sort of style. It kind of looks like a roly-poly-oly. And he goes to uh, an insane asylum where his dad is. It's fun. This is for kids. And uh, his dad's like Renfield talking about the symbols and the numbers and Cthulhu and stuff. And uh, he goes home and he's like, Mom, I can't sleep. I'm too sad about my dad who's insane. Can I get a and she's cat? Like, and he's like, uh, sorry, what was that? Don't worry about it. Oh, were you talking about his cat? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Her man is not in this. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, his his mom's like, okay, how about I read you a bedtime story? And the uh, kid's like, okay. And she's like, actually, why don't you read one yourself? He's like, okay. And she finds an ancient haunted Necronomicon book that her da- that the dad wrote. She's like, here, read this. This will put you to sleep. And it doesn't put him to sleep. It instead transports him to the Frozen Kingdom. And uh, he, I guess he's tired the entire time. There he meets Cthulhu. I... Look, there's a lot of H.P. Lovecraft fans out there. I don't get the appeal. I just think Cthulhu's kind of lame. Anyway, Cthulhu chases him around. is kind of mean to him. But then he saves Cthulhu from falling down a cliff or something like that. And uh, then he, they're friends. And he, and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft doesn't know how to pronounce his name, which he doesn't even call Cthulhu. I think he calls it, like, I, something that's unpronounceable. He's like, oh, I've got a great idea for a name. It's too I'll scary. You, you can't say it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> he's like, I'll just call you. Erman. So uh, he goes through. <laughs> like I said. Yeah. So, uh, so Howard Erman go through the Frozen Kingdom. And uh, what do they do? Oh, yeah. They, at one point, they're building snowmen. They're throwing uh, snowballs at each other. And this is where it gets kind of like weird because this is where I started to hate it because it's like, okay, so there's no creativity. The story's crap and it's just like poorly acted. It looks atrocious. Like some of the worst animation I've seen since The Misty Green Sky, uh, which is one of the worst animated movies I've ever seen. It is so hard to look at. And that's bad enough. But there's a sequence where it's just like, okay, we don't have a script. Let's just do, like, visual gags or something like that. One of the visual gags is, like, they're throwing snowballs at each other. There's no joke. There's nothing. It's not even for baby. It's like babies wouldn't laugh at it. They just look at it in confusion. This is for no one. So I'm not really sure how or why this was made. Um, what happens? Uh, they come across some fucking um, monster people from this world, and they're just like, uh, we speak English for some reason. Then they come across some queen or something, and um, the queen's like, oh, you need to go over here and meet Ron Perlman, the deep-sea anglerfish who's gigantic, who's going to free Cthulhu. And it turns out uh, that uh, this whole time, her man is actually Cthulhu, and uh, he's going insane, but I don't know, Howard Lovecraft tells him he loves him or something like that, and it's like... And then some, like, goblins come out, and some little kids fight, and it just looks fucking awful. This movie... Is just terrible, alright? This is seriously one of the worst animated movies I've watched in a long time. Like, one of the worst I've seen since Food Fight. It's, uh... It's hard to look... It's, like, incredibly hard to look at. It's very poorly acted, including Ron Perlman and Christopher Plummer, who are just not appropriate for this. It's definitely not for kids, because at some points it's a little too intense for them, and yet there's, like, nothing that would interest them visually. Uh, it's not even for uh, for people who like the graphic novel, because I, I looked at a couple scans of the graphic novel, and it's, like, it's somewhat well-drawn, you know? It seems like there's a real story there. So uh, I can say that this is for fans of H.P. Lovecraft. You people deserve this. Uh, hey, uh, never Parker, Parker, just uh, so you know for future reference, there are two sequels to this. Correct, yes. Yeah. 
See, here's the really fucked up part, is uh, Alex assigned me the first one. So if you had assigned me the third, I would have had to watch the previous Super Contest. I, I, that, yeah. that I think you know that even I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you did, I would have felt so bad about it that I would have had to watch something bad myself. No, honestly, I think I might have just... Uh, I, I, if I think... No, I wouldn't have. I just wouldn't have done it. Because like this one was actually a real slog to get through. Like... Beyond all the ads, fuck. It was like uh, 123. You said that this was the nicest. What the fuck? No way. You said Uh, it was the the, nicest. With the the commercials or? Uh, Without commercials. So, yeah, now we're 23. And you said this was one of the nicest. Wait, you said 123. I thought you meant two hours. Oh, no, no, no. Two hours and three minutes. Okay. No, no, no. Now I feel less bad. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, this won't be so bad. Genuine remorse and sadness in his Yeah. No, no, no. The other ones are actually shorter. So the other ones are an hour 16. So I hope your team's doing well. Uh, and the next one is um, instead of Jerk of the Week, I have Boob of the Week, and it's myself. I Oh, it's, it's definitely not the Cowboy Bebop reboot. Well, oh, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Am uh, I right, fellas? Yeah, here we go. So one of them is uh, one of my assignments was Next of Kin. Um, I think, Alex, maybe you assigned this one to me? That's correct. Yeah, uh, could you give me a brief rundown of why you assigned this to me? Uh, I assigned this to you because I wanted you to listen to uh, Liam Neeson and Patrick Swayze's accents. But uh, tell us what you got out of it. Well, uh, unfortunately, Patrick Swayze and Liam Neeson aren't in this one. I watched the 1982 <laughs> version of Next of Kin <laughs> from Australia. Like 17 movies with this name. Yeah, there are. Seriously. Dude, it was so fucking hard to find. I'm not hard to find. I'm thinking of Nightwatch, which turns out there are actually like a million movies with that name. Sure. Next of Kid, I just, I, I just Googled it, right? And the first thing that came up was a 1982 version. I saw the cover. I'm like, oh, Parker must have assigned this to me. I forgot the context entirely. <laughs> and so I downloaded this Australian horror movie, which is kind of like Dario Sargento directed uh, The Shining. Um, except Australian. And, uh... It's okay. Uh, I really would have appreciated Liam Neeson and Patrick Swayze, but I didn't get them in this one, did I? No. I got an Australian movie. So it's, uh, how do I do an Australian voice? It's like, right, I'm racist. I don't want anything. You know, aborigines. You know, birds. He's going to hit the button again. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, crikey, a stingray. (laughs) Okay, so uh, what would you like to order the barbecue? Well, how about you fry up a cup? And then we can uh, go out and get <laughs> If you got in the back, tell him to whip a little for me. And then <laughs> I mean, he's really taking it for a walk today. Yeah. I've actually got Steve Irwin backstage. Let's bring him out. Hello! <laughs> yeah, uh, so there are things that I like about Next of Kin, Australian version. I like the, uh, I like the fucking, uh, I like the music. Uh, although the music is like almost a little too good, like it's this really good synthwave stuff that I really like, but it's more exciting than this movie deserves. This movie probably should have had an orchestral score. I like the idea that it takes place in like a nursing home sort of thing. It's like that's pretty interesting, and I haven't seen an, a horror movie do it. It seems like it'd be ripe for a horror movie setting. Uh, although Cockneys vs. Zombies did it better, I said twice in one day. <laughs> and uh, what else is good? Oh yeah, the camera work. The camera work is actually really good in this. So there's something to be said for that so parker you might get something out of this here's the worst part of this here's the worst part of my day it's not even on the list that's rough man sucks you still gotta watch the other one too yeah i know (laughs) this is 
Everything keeps going wrong. Well, at least OBJ got only 13 yards. So, uh, Alex, what I mean, did you watch? There is, there is potential for us to negotiate a deal at a later date, but we'll get oh, there. Oh, good. I love deals. You know, size. You guys do not know how ties work. I year. do not. Trust me. <laughs> of course not. Expect me to keep track of this shit. So I'm gonna decide to. Uh, I, I was thinking about how to do this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bookend my segment with the uh, the two extremely good capital G movies that I watched this week. So the first one of these I did on my own volition. I watched a movie from 1995 called Lord of Illusions. Now, uh. This movie was written and directed by Clive Barker, who Parker would know as the writer and director of the first Hellraiser, and Chris would know as the, I guess, influence behind Clive Barker's Jericho. A video only because I watched that zero time. Only, only because I uh, watched that zero punctuation video, which is one of my favorites. Dude, I remember <laughs> when that came out, and I was just like, "Who the fuck is Clive Barker? Why should what, why should I care who this?" I guy think is? he's he's like British Stephen King or something like that. Yeah, that has like, that. By the way, that review is one of my all-time favorite jokes. Clive Barker's Clive Barker's Jericho by Clive Barker. That's real uh, <laughs> Russell Mulcahy's pyramid movie energy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, guys, let's, we were having fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions uh, by Clive Barker. Uh, so we start off with a flashback to the year 1982. We have a uh, a cult complex, you know, out in the middle of I don't know Texas or some other fucking state, middle of the fucking desert. There's a guy out there doing devil magic and all his followers, and a uh, young, fresh-faced guy that played Benny from the Mummy comes up comes up to stop all the devil magic. Yes, <laughs> uh, they are like all the people that show up. They are like people that managed to somehow leave this cult. That we're gonna leave them be until they kidnapped a little girl, because you know at some point you know you gotta draw the line with the cult stuff. Mm-hmm. So of course we find this out. We cut to the inside of the cult complex where the cult leader is in a room with the little girl tied up, and there is, for some reason, a live orangutan. <gasps> who? Uh, I, I'm sorry. I caught an orangutan. It's a baboon. It's oh, you know, all whatever. right, cancel. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I know. You know. But uh. <laughs> G is um, not pleased. I, you guys, I know you guys are wondering: Does this does this monkey show up at any other point in the movie? The answer, of course, is no. Oh, so um, zero out of ten. So, so Benny from the Mummy comes in. You know, him and his boys come in with their guns. There's a cult. They fight their way through the cult. They do like some ritual on this dude, and uh, like 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 they they shoot him a bunch of times. They put like a fucking mask on him and be like we gotta bury this guy so far in the ground the demon spirits can't come out you know whatever like so Mm -hmm. it's like all right all right so this devil worshiper has to go so far down they can never find his body you know hold on Mm -hmm. to that as i talk about this um we then cut to the present day of 1995 in new york city where uh crack private eye scott bacula has been (laughs) investigating a bunch of paranormal cases you know, just all sorts of the paranormal. You know, we don't know what's going on here. One of his benefactors comes into the room and goes, Hey, I need to investigate this this uh, this uh thing that's going on out in L.A. Here's a plane ticket. Just go out there. Avoid all the presses here. Just, like, go out there. Solve this for me. You're the best there is. So he goes out there, and he goes to a Chris Angel Mind Freak-esque show put on by now magician Benny from the Mummy. Dude, I'm so mad that you said esque, but then you saved it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry to watch this. 
So Benny from The Mummy gets up on stage. You know, he's doing his act because we at this point, as viewers, now understand that he has been touched by whatever black magic shit is going on. So he has some, like, actual... I should... I need to back this up because this is an important thing to say that I forgot. The start of this movie is, like, text on a black screen saying there's two kinds of magic. The one that's illusion and the kind that's real. Like... So it's Hell one of yes, those. Dude. Like they they, they line yes, it up dude. for you ahead of time. They just like they put the pins on the lane and they roll the ball and you get to watch it slowly roll into them. So Benny from the Mummy gets up on stage and like part of his act is a bunch of swords get dropped around him and he like spins around and avoids them all. And all of them just hit the fuck out of them and impale the shit out of him and kill him on the stage in front of everybody. And that's the first 20 minutes of The Master of Illusion, and I'm not going to talk about more because this is a future episode, 1 million percent. Alright. It has everything that this show needs. There is so much more I want to say about Detective Scott Bakula, and the body horror, and the magic, and all of the things that are going on in this insane fucking movie from the mid-90s that I cannot believe no one ever told me about. But, uh, no, this is, uh... This is not going on the back burner. This is within, like, 2021. We're going to be talking about this. Good. I want to see Magician Benny from the Mummy. You guys need to see this. And uh, spoilers for when you do watch it, he's not dead. Oh, thank God. <laughs> if that wasn't extremely obvious from everything I just said. Right, yeah. <laughs> not quite dead. Uh, right, we'll, we'll be doing that very shortly. Yeah, that is, like... That, it, I'm not saying it's next week, but like within the next three or four. Like yeah, it, okay. it's, okay. it's, uh, yeah. kind of like peppered in for December mostly. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll fit that right yeah. in there. No, like, yeah. like I, I, I would not cut myself off this early in a movie of this caliber if it wasn't it for that. It is right. definitely this movie's list, fucking fire, dude. Like, Chris <laughs> on the list. We have to watch it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, so Parker assigned a movie called Cyborg. Oh, hell yeah. Starring dude. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Parker, have you seen this one? I sure have. Okay, so uh, this movie <laughs> takes place in uh, the future that looks like the past, because I guess there was some, you know, dumb shit war or something, and there's cyborgs, and there's people trying to farm, and there's conflict, and there's disease, and, like, a disease wiped out most of the population, and the cyborgs are, like, doing their cyborg thing. And I was really into the aesthetic of this for, like, 20 minutes, and I was like, cool, Parker assigned me a good movie. And then, like, it started to, like, meander and roll over on itself, and I was like, wait a minute, I've seen a lot of movies like this before. And I paused it, and I decided to look up this movie and see who the director was. And heard that it's this motherfucker Albert Pion who makes all these movies that I fucking hate. I like I fu- look. If you if you were to look down a list of this guy's movies and like the plot synopses next to them, you would think he would be all of our favorite directors because every single one of these movies sounds like they're absolute fire. Every excuse me. Every single one the description sounds incredible. It's just, like, all the dumb shit that we love to see in movies. And then you watch them, and they're the dumbest fucking things you've ever seen in your life. This is the guy that directed Omega Doom, a movie that I loved the first 20 minutes of and just was miserable by the end of. This is the guy that directed that movie where fucking Ice-T was in charge of, uh, like, a bunch of dudes doing the most dangerous game in a warehouse. You know, a movie that, like in any other person's hands would be something that we would have talked about in this this show like 20 times by now 
Because how could you not? This guy fucking sucks at making movies. And once I realized this, it completely killed this for me. Like, oh, I... Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. I fucking hate everything I've ever seen this guy direct. They all suck. Every single one of them, you see the premise. You're like, if you're me, you know, you're one of these guys that dumpster dives on Amazon Prime. You're looking through all of this library of fucking garbage. You see a cool description. You hit play. You have to hit play, because, like, what have you been scrolling for 20 minutes for otherwise? And then it's this guy's fucking movie, and it sucks. And it's just like, goddamn, man. People call you, like, an, an auteur of B-movies. But, like, you're, you're bad at this. All of your movies suck. And it hurt my feelings, because everything about this movie otherwise I would have liked. You know, it's a cool aesthetic. There's, like, a cool idea presented at the front. And then they just dick around, and there's bad karate, and then Jean-Claude Van Damme goes into the sewer, and he meets sewer people, and it just... It sucks. <laughs> like... <laughs> The only scene I remember is when he's hiding from that dude, and he just gets above him and does the splits, and then drops down on him and kills him. Yeah, yeah. No, That's the only the, reason I recommended it. All the Jean-Claude shit is, like, sick. But it's like, goddamn, man. Like, walk on to any other movie set. But uh, also, like, you know, the reason this guy's been able to make so many movies is because, like, it's the, he's the kind of director that'll just, like, film for 72 hours and then just like churn something out afterwards and like put a dumb hokey score over it and be like haha b-movie it's cool and uh you know if that's your angle like i respect it i wish somebody were doing that right now they're not it hurts my feelings but uh you had the fucking golden goose man and you fucked it and i will forever hate you and all your movies for it and also as a result of watching this i went through his imdb again and found a couple movies that may or may not get assigned to the game of games at some point because uh not 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 because i hate him but because they're they're good for the game of games you know? i'm looking at him right now i was like oh i just wrote down one of his movies the other day to <laughs> yeah 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 well uh it's maybe dull, we'll man. get there tonight we'll see <laughs> i haven't seen a good one so no absolutely not uh so i took an assignment myself this week you know, as we do sometimes in the show. There's a Matrix 4 coming out for some inexplicable reason. And I've talked a big game for a while about watching the original Matrix trilogy again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided this is the week I was going to do it. You know, I had some time. I'm like, fuck it. Let's let's bang this almost seven hours of movie out. So, uh, Matrix 1. Two hours and 20 minutes. Does not feel like it. And that is the highest of compliments that I can pay to a movie. When this... Like, I know going in. Like, I've seen this several times now. It's a 140-minute movie. I know that. When you're you're done and you're like, that was maybe a tight 100? Like, something about these movies... And this is a compliment that I can pay to all three of them, honestly. Like, they feel so much shorter than they are. Because I, I guess it's because they're so action focused rather than rolling you around in the plot details well at least still the third one like i really appreciate that these movies don't waste your time like i don't know how long it's been since you guys or anyone listening has seen the first matrix movie but that's like it's a really solid like dumb action movie like it's really good 
Because it's like it's ninety eight, so it's before they have like all the the good bad CGI that we love to talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. So like you know even like the bullet time scenes and shit that's like shot on like twenty cameras where they're like you know they're they're like spinning around Neo with all the footage like that's all real and it looks great and like that scene in the building holds up the scene with the helicopter holds up the plot you know the knowledge of future movies kind of damages the plot of the matrix a little bit and they don't really bring it back but like it's still interesting to watch in a vacuum it's a movie that has dragula in it which you know we all love here but uh I, I had completely forgotten that I was going to hear Dragula in this movie. And also... I like, don't know how you the, forget about it. That's the most memorable part of the movie for me. It's been it stuck out to me as a kid a yeah. lot. <laughs> Dragula is not a song that meant something to me until I was like 25. Boy, because, you and like, I'm jealousy. <laughs> well, well, no, it's, it's, not, it's not even that I didn't like Dragula-adjacent music. It's just like, to me, it's Rob Zombie... Well, like, in my brain, like, Rob Zombie was, he was the white zombie guy, and then he was the movie guy. I forgot that that was, like, a thing that happened in the middle, where he was, like, oh. porn adjacent. Like, yeah. it just, You know like, what's weird? It's like, that was the first thing I knew him for. I knew about Hellbilly Deluxe before I knew about White Zombie. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Chris didn't become a Rob Zombie guy until his 30s, and look at him now. No. Hey, hey, uh, no. Blockers. Not true. Bumper nuts. And, well, no. Like, so, like... My dad's a metalhead, and like it's not like it's not like my dad what? is into white zombie. Have you been but like this for me? What the I, fuck? No, we've talked about this before. But uh, it's not like my dad was into white zombie. But like that was something that was like on like my periphery, like growing up. And then, and then like I went from like there to like he's the guy that made Halloween Nine, and it's like oh well, I just somehow Dracula never, it it never clicked for me. In that time period, despite me loving all of that dumb music in that same time period, it just never really hit. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But like hearing Dragon Loose was cool. Like it's it's a very well laid out movie. It's a again, it's hundred and forty minutes, and there's like four characters in this movie, and that's to its credit, because it makes you care about everybody. Like you care about everybody's little plot through this thing. There's more people on that fucking spaceship than you remember. Like, when I listed off the names of uh, everybody that's, you know, in the ship, you know, when, when Cypher betrays them, it's like, oh, fuck, there's 11 guys in here. I didn't know that. Like, that's in your brain. It's like, oh, you know, maybe seven, maybe eight. It's like, no, there's a lot of dudes there. Like, Tank and Dozer, they're different people. Like, you, know, you don't remember <laughs> that. Like, who, who would? Like, why would you care about the Matrix? I get it. But, uh, no, Matrix 1 holds up is basically my point. Like... I, I'm not. I'm not going to go through plot details of Matrix One. Like everyone knows them. It's everybody's seen this five times at least at this point because they should. Cause it's a good movie, and even by like today's standards of action, like the Matrix One holds up. Like, it's it's a good movie. Um, so on oh. to. <laughs> Okay, on so the real question as yeah, you get into the yeah. sequels is: Will our episode be on two and three, or just three? <laughs> Because that's uh, absolutely happening before 4 comes out. I've neither. not seen 1 no. or 2 in so long. So the answer is neither. It's just on 2. Deal. Um, so, okay. The Matrix Reloaded. There is a 5-star movie in here of all of the Neo scenes. Because every Neo scene in this movie is great. Like, 
The fight scene at the Merovingian's palace is fucking incredible. It is one of the best, like, five or six fight scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Even now, even not having seen it in, you know, 15 years or whatever, like, that holds up so fucking well. Keanu Reeves sells all of those scenes so fucking well and deserves all of the credit for making this franchise work that I hope he gets. I, like, I don't know how people regard The Matrix now, because, again, it's been almost 20 years since the last Matrix movie. But, uh, every scene that he's in in this movie, where he's, like, doing stuff, is great. The problem is the rest of the movie. Because the rest of the movie is fucking dog dicks. Literally, the first 15 minutes of this is... Oh, I love you so much, Trinity. Oh, I love you so much, Neo. Oh, you're my favorite person, Trinity. Oh, we're gonna be together forever, Neo. And it's literally just over and over and over. Like, there are scenes where plot is happening, and they're just playing grab ass. And it's like, cool, man. Don't care. Literally didn't care about this relationship with the first one. You're not gonna make me care now. It doesn't fucking matter. And then we get all the cool Neo scenes, and it's like, alright, cool. That's all gone now. It doesn't matter. We get those weird dudes with the white dreadlocks that are, according to the Matrix lore expert that I know, (laughs) apparently they're supposed to be ghost programs that the Merovingian found because the Merovingian's really into, like, old programs that aren't maintained. That's why he found these ghosts. Sorry, what were you saying? I just... I learned that forever later. Like, and someone said they're supposed to be vampires or some shit. I love so much that the movie doesn't bother to tell you because yeah. no one really cares. Cool. It doesn't matter. They're just don't, cool albino guys. Don't give a single hot gay fuck. We get this cool fight scene in this palace for ten minutes, and then it spills out into the parking garage with with uh, Morpheus and Trinity, and they got the keymaker, and they're they're doing the car chase. And the car chase looks cool, and the car chase stops, and then Morpheus gets out with his sword. And it is one of the worst-looking fight scenes I've ever seen in my life. And the fucking whiplash of going from Keanu Reeves in these, like, incredible choreographed wirefu stunts from, like, 2001 or whenever this came out to uh, Lawrence Fishburne with a sword standing in front of a green screen, it sucks so fucking much, dude. And it it brings this movie... It brings this movie down so hard. Because, like, the only part of The Matrix Reloaded that anyone remembers is the second act. Because it's, like, elaborate fight scene backing into second elaborate fight scene. And, like, in your brain, if you saw this in, like, 2001, or whatever the fuck this came out, I think it was 2001, but, uh... Uh, like, it's, it's so... It's so cool in that moment when you're 12 or 14 or whatever and like you watch it now it's like oh fuck the first half of this is sick maybe the whole movie's good and then the rest is bad and it's such a fucking disappointment because this movie is so close to sticking the fucking landing and all you had to do was make it about keanu reeves you make this a keanu reeves centric movie the way the first one is and it fucking this it's better than the first one like, the highs of this movie are better than the highs of the first one. But the lows are so fucking low. Because, god damn it, you can't just tell me, hey, you should care about this because it's the fate of humanity, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you have to show me why I should give a shit. 
and I saw she, that in theater with my dad, and yeah. he was not impressed. Yeah, <laughs> he was not, especially the fucking him versus a hundred agents. He was like, oh, yeah, know, "This true. fucking movie's over." <laughs> yeah, that and like especially compared to the first one because the first one looks so good. That fight looks bad, but the fight. Eleven-year-old me was like. Oh, this looks. Why did is this done yet? Why did they send it out like this? This looks bad. Yeah, that's not great. But the fight in the Merovingian's palace. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Legitimately, I'm not. I like. I can't in good faith put it number one on my list of movie fights. But it's up there. Like no, it's, you're definitely it, right. Cause it has it was a case. Like airing on cable when I was in full crossed arms. Every movie is bad mode. Everyone yeah. hates both of the sequels. And I was fucking locked in. I was like, alright, well maybe this scene's actually good. The rest of the movie sucks, though. The fucking whiplash of, like, well maybe the rest of this is good. Because, like, I remembered... Like, the scene that I remember vividly from that movie is the car chase with the twins. And I was like, well, if this scene's good, and it segues into this other scene that's good, then maybe this movie's good. But then, that other scene's not as good as you think. And, uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh... There's stuff here to work with. Like, there's stuff here you could build off if you wanted to make, like, a real Matrix franchise. Unfortunately, we don't see any of that in the Matrix Revolutions. I still have not seen. So when we inevitably do this episode, hopefully soon, I will also be watching all three. Okay. Because I just heard nothing but bad things. I was like, you know what? I didn't like the second one that much. I'm out. So, uh, before I talk about the Matrix Revolutions, I want to talk about the, uh, modern-day critical reception on a website called Letterbox.com. Okay. You know, Chris's favorite, but this is, you know, gotta get you engaged, right? I feel, yeah. So, uh, apparently the Zoomers have decided this is both woke and based for a lot of reasons. But I I center, uh, (laughs) specifically on one review (laughs) that says, and I quote... (laughs) fuck Mr. Anderson er, er, sorry Agent Smith loses his powers when he stops dead naming Neo by calling him Mr. Anderson (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen 2021 I understand that uh, the directors let's say identities have changed since these movies came out but also you're just kind of looking forward at that point. Come on. <laughs> Come but, on. Like, but also, also, like, that's in the text of the movies. You don't need to look for subtext. It's literally on the fucking surface. Yeah, there is like, no subtext like, in the Matrix. You watch these movies fine. now with the knowledge that we have watching from 2021. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes total perfect sense. Yeah, I get that. Um, So here's the problem with the Matrix Revolutions. First of all, the biggest fundamental problem is a movie about nothing. It is one of those movies that you press play, and within five minutes, they expect you to care about every main character, side character, tertiary character. You're just supposed to be invested in everybody, because they're all human. You want the humans to live, right? Well, that's a human. This is another human. Here's a third human. We care about all their plates, right? It's like, that's not how movies work, man. Like, like you can't... You can't just, like, walk me into the theater and be like, look at these important people who you've never seen before, who matter deeply to your heart. It's like, no, that's not... You can't fucking do that. That's 
what Star Wars does. That's why we make fun of these fucking franchise movies where it's like, oh man, some guy on the street got murdered by the bad guy. It just unlocked a memory of a... Because, you know, I'm talking to people about the movie because I hadn't seen it yet because also I wasn't old enough to go see it in the theater without my fucking parents. They're like, oh yeah, so the the whole movie's about this kid, right? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's from the Animatrix. And, like, my whole body just shut down. (laughs) I don't give a shit. I'm not watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I had a... I had my Matrix lore expert friend was like, dude, you gotta watch the Animatrix. You know, it's all important. And I was like, is it though? If it were important, they'd put it in the fucking movies. These are already, like, what, 140 minutes long? Like, no. No. If you can't fit it in, that's on you. Like, make me care or fuck off. And they don't make me care. So we get all of the, like, the the whole fucking first act of the Matrix Revolutions is, oh my god, Neo's trapped in purgatory. Hey guys, hey religious people, you know what purgatory is? Have you heard of purgatory? Uh, but, uh, anyway, he gets out, because reasons. And, uh, turns out the big bad evil robots are gonna kill the human city. Hey guys, you know about the evil robots and the good humans? Well, uh... Ignore the fact that they got no screen time in the first two movies. You gotta care now. It's important. This is what the stakes of this fucking movie are based on. And it's all leading up to this fucking 35-minute CGI sequence. This fucking battle where the humans are fighting the robots. With all of these fucking characters that you saw for, I don't know, 45 seconds before the battle starts... And they're like, oh, we gotta protect this gate. Oh, we gotta protect the dock. Oh, we need to send the infantry out. And these big, bad, menacing robots. Chris, you've you've seen the first Matrix at some point in the last like decade, right? Remember, Uh, like not not decade, but past two decades, I think. Okay, sure. uh, But like you you remember you remember when their ship gets got by the one solitary robot, right? Yeah. And it's, like, the robot with, like, the tentacles and shit, like, the metallic tentacles, and it's, like, very scary-looking, almost like a menacing jellyfish, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you have, like, some fundamental idea of what it looks like, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so this scene is literally thousands of those just, like, coming down into this dock area and just swimming around like fish. Like, they don't do anything menacing. They don't, they don't do any, they just, like, swim around and get shot, and then occasionally one crashes into a wall and a hole gets blown in it. It's, like... What the fuck is this? Like, I, I'm i sure that by 2003 CGI standards, this was unbelievably impressive. And I get that. And there's, like, that weird CGI tech demo veneer is, like, over all of these Matrix movies. That's why a lot of people saw them, I guess. But it just, like, like as a moviegoer who isn't there to jack myself off for the special effects, like, there is nothing... It's literally, it's not exaggerating, a more than 30-minute battle scene between humans that you saw on screen for no more than a minute beforehand and robots that don't fight the humans. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, this actually, Parker, the way he describes this, this really doesn't sound like an episode. Alright, so uh, Reloaded it is, that's fine. So, Reloaded, we have a lot to talk about. If you want to, honestly... I would never put a five-hour ask on anybody, 
but like you kind of have to do Reloaded and Revolutions together because oh, re gonna. well Reloaded is all the fucking plot for both these movies. Yeah. It's literally literally all of the plot is in the second movie, and the third movie happens like hey you guys saw the second one well now you care right? It's like no I don't like even the the Neo and Trinity stuff in this movie is just like. Hey, you remember that 15 minutes we spend just, like, grabbing each other's ass in the second movie? Well, now that's gonna make you care about our relationship as we go to the machine world. Uh, it's yeah, just... Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm excited to talk about weird. Reloaded. I am vividly remembering sitting in that theater next to my dad as Monica Bellucci ate the orgasm cake. I'm yeah. ready to talk about that movie. Reloaded, there's some things to say. I, I think between Reloaded and Revolutions, there's a really good episode. If you isolate it to one or the other, I, I can't ask you guys to watch five hours of movie. But uh, I mean, I'm using this episode as an excuse to finally watch it for the first time in my life. So uh, yeah. I'm doing it regardless. I'm in. Yeah, I, I know that. But it's it's this movie's three set pieces. It's three set pieces, and it's two hours long. And all three set pieces don't really matter. And I, I went to my... I went to my... Uh, Matrix lore fiend friend and was like, dude, is this where they got all of the inspiration for the Game of Thrones battles from? Because that's what I was reminded of the whole time. It's just like, oh no, I can't believe that bald guy with the cool hat died. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, let's cut to this other guy. Oh, he got trampled, too. Oh, man. Oh, there's a guy in a robot over here, and he's got to get the gates open. Oh, he's dead. Oh, somebody else came. Oh, oh maybe he's going to get him open. Oh, he did it. Now the gate's open, so the humans live, I guess. I, just, uh... I sure hope Link is okay. My favorite <laughs> character from yeah. Reloaded. I, I, just, I need to know what happens to Kingo. Like, ugh. <laughs> I will not be watching the Animatrix. I'm gonna put that out there right uh, now. I yeah, did yeah, it yeah. Once when it was new, yeah. remember none of it. Shall not be going back. Life is too short, and it's Christmas time. When we do not this, happen. when we do the like, quote unquote, prequel episode for the new Matrix movie, at some point, I'm not gonna watch these again. I'll watch the Animatrix for the lore to cover for that shit. But uh, thank you. Yeah, you guys can watch the five hours of movie that I put in this week. Like. Ugh. It's, they're not bad, it's just, like, this, it's frustrating because, like, with the budget and the creative, like, control that they had, this should be good. And it's just not. It's, like, it's literally, it feels like reading a chapter from, like, a 40-chapter fantasy novel, and it's, like, the big climactic chapter is, like, an hour of this two-hour movie. And it's, like cool man like i i need i need the other stuff to care about this i need to i need to care why this fucking dipshit robot human squire died like you can't just show me this guy dropping some ammo boxes and be like oh no but he's important so you should be sad when he gets his face cut off like i'm not and i'm never gonna be because that's not how filmmaking works but we'll get there anyway watch Asky's filmography is fascinating yeah. One of these days I'll watch Cloud Atlas. Or Cloud Atlas. Yo! Got him! So, uh, my, my closing thoughts on the Matrix trilogy is that it is the third best Star Wars trilogy behind, of, <laughs> behind, of course, 
second place the original trilogy and first place the chris pine star trek movies yeah i support that it's there's a lot of sci-fi bullshit in the second and third ones which like is cool to me because i like that aesthetic of just like oh you know we're plugged out from the computer but also like we're just having a rave in this city with 200 million people it's like oh god why you guys just like go save everybody else or leave the machines alone and just live here like what why why are we doing this why does any of this matter just remember all the hype of they filmed them back to back and it split up and i remember like it being near the end of the movie i had to piss so bad (laughs) i run to the bathroom pee leave the bathroom not even a minute later just everyone's filing out i'm like what what yep that's just like yeah it just showed that agent smith is in there and then it just ended yeah he was not happy about his previous two hours <laughs> have you uh have you not you've never seen the third one right that's what he's been I saying i mean right? i know about it just because i'm terminally online but no I mean, i've never sat down yeah. and watched it ever mm-hmm. so yeah. you know about the, all the little baby robots making a big adult baby face to talk to neo who is blind yes. for no reason all right yeah cool. oh that's you got right. it yeah that's right yeah oh, man. yeah it's like he, he can see and then and another scene he's just blind like eh, don't worry about it yeah, it's not great. I'm talking myself uh, into it, even though I know it's going to be a bad time. Yeah, no, like, we'll have a great episode if we talk about all of it together. But, uh... I didn't realize you guys wanted to do it for an episode, or I wouldn't have watched all these on my own. Because that, uh... Now, um, I could have done some assignments. Oops! I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not the most important thing in the world. I was two. planning on watching them before the fourth one anyways, just because, like I said, like... The ones I have seen now, it's been probably close to 15 years now and then never saw the third one yeah. so it was inevitable if i could yeah squeeze and, an episode and like, out of it i was going to it is good content like if either of you had seen them in the past i don't know eight years we would have had another 10 minute conversation about this like there's a lot on the bone to talk about but not in the dumb funny way that we normally talk about movies like well, sometimes if, if you guys watch it, like yeah, I got you. But <laughs> yeah. there will be a discussion whether it be the episode title or not. It's coming in my future because I mean, what else do I have to look no. forward to, man? I'm about yeah. to have a rough two months. I need something. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, before I hand off to Parker, I have one more movie to talk about. Now, Chris, a few weeks ago, you assigned me a movie called Food of the Gods Two. They have you cool. seen have you seen this movie chris i i as i mentioned when i assigned it which is fair because that was what three years ago uh yeah. food of the gods Never 2 joke. is a movie i have not seen but i would like to reveal why i assigned it to you um i was in the alamo draft house and uh i i don't remember why they played this but they played one selected scene from food of the gods 2 it is probably the exact scene that you're thinking of, and I, I saw did, it. And I no, was, I it, there there are a lot of scenes. There are a lot of ones. Of, so it I'm, is okay. It is the scene where uh, they're like, "We'd like you to come into this room and meet Timothy." And this gigantic six year old boy comes in and says, "And I'd like you to get the fuck out of here." <laughs> hey, I Chris? saw that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris. Yeah, that's the first scene in the movie. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. So, like I like I also said, one of about, the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I had fun- no context. 
for that scene when I saw it. <laughs> These fucking doctors walking into this room. This one doctor's just like, yeah, you know, we, we gave him this hormone and we don't know what's happening. Da, 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 da. And this fucking eight foot tall eight year old walks out and goes, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. I'll fuck. We're all dead. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Kakashna had to leave. <laughs> So, like, dude, I saw this on a movie theater screen about as big as my house and was left with no context. So I just wrote down those words dude. and had to do a frantic Google search for it. I came across, oh, it's from Food of the Gods, too. Dude. I genuinely one of the five funniest scenes I've ever seen in my life in any <laughs> form of media whatsoever. Had to pause the movie, was laughing so hard. Like, I had to download this off SIG because uh. Uh, it... I started on YouTube, and the, old, the version on YouTube is in Indian, I guess, or Hindi, or whatever the fuck <laughs> no, 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 yeah, it's yeah. called. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, I, 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 uh, whatever. Yeah, I, it was... Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the Guardians. Um, no, it... Literally, like, like it's... I wish this were on YouTube so I could tell somebody to, like, watch. Like, hey, watch the first two minutes of this movie just to see this. <laughs> but, uh, putting that aside, the reason this call happens is because, uh, some, uh, you know, clinical trial go- growth hormone has been given to this kid for reasons that are unclear. And, uh, they need to find a way to reverse it because the kid just keeps growing. He just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and if they don't find something soon he's gonna become like clifford the big red dog size like he like again this this like fucking you know like adolescent is just growing exponentially and so we have you know this doctor at this university he's got to study it you know he's like like he's the one that gets the call because i guess he was one of the pupils of the doctor that gave this kid the growth hormone or whatever so he's got to study it and all the while, it's on a college campus, so all these kids are, like, protesting, you know, like, Stop testing on animals, this is fucked up, what are you guys doing, this is horrible. And they have all their little catchphrases and shit, and, like, the dean comes and he, like, shuts down their protest with, like, the most, like, mare from Jaws energy you could possibly think of. Hold on to that thought. Um. So anyway, like, this guy goes in, he's trying to, like, do his experiments he's like injecting like tomatoes and shit with this like growth hormone and his lab assistant is like you gotta inject some animals man like we can't like like the 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 test is not gonna work on on just plants like we need something better than that and he's like you know i'm fucking one of my students and she is one of these animal rights activists that i saw you know i can't ethically you know it's gonna be bad it's gonna be really bad for me i can't do this um, but eventually he gets talked into it, so they start injecting, they, they inject one rat to test, like, one rat gets injected with this growth hormone, they leave him in this cage, and then the doctor guy go, like, he fucks off to, like, fuck his student girlfriend, and the lab assistant is there, and, like, somebody comes to, like, look at the lab, and they're like, oh, you know, what are you guys doing, so, like, the lab assistant moves the tomato plant in front of, like, the rat cage so no one can see it, unfortunately, these are like hgh infused tomatoes at this point so we have the one rat that's been given the hormone and these other rats that are just eating the hgh tomatoes from outside the cage and then the fucking environmentalists break in again 
and they trip and they free all the rats. And all the rats are running around, and the one big rat that got injected just eats the head environmentalist's face. Just, like, fucking chews it off, and it's just like, ah! 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 And then we have an hour of a movie where a bunch of gigantic rats are running around campus murdering people. <laughs> the exterminators get called. It's a dude with a 12-foot-long flamethrower who gets his face devoured within 10 minutes along with his fat assistant who like runs away in first person from a from a fucking giant rat running down a hallway um we get <laughs> we get a scene so uh you know our our hot professor from the beginning the one that uh, is banging a student apparently some other student wants to fuck him and like she just keeps coming back and like hitting on him like four times throughout the movie and at some point like I don't know, roughly the hour mark. He has a sex dream about her, but, like, before the sex dream starts, like, in his dream, he injects himself with the growth hormone. So, like, while he's fucking her, he just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until she just looks like a fucking dog. <laughs> and she's just like, ah! ah! He's just like, oh! oh, oh. It's, it's, it's really good. But, uh... Sex sounds like Josh Rohde. So, the second act of this movie is just, like, giant rats running around campus in a low-budget horror movie, murdering the fuck out of people. And the whole time, the dean of the school is like, ah, well, you know, we killed this one rat with a flamethrower, so I guess, you know, that's the only one you injected, so we're good. And, like, the professor's like, no, 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 like, I injected this one with this different color pattern, this isn't that rat, like, they're definitely still out there. And he's like, no, no, it's fine, we can open our new athletics association. So the third act of this movie is that they open the big new swimming pool on campus and they have a synchronized swimming team and the rats come out through the swimming pool and eat the team and then run up into the stands and they're running around eating people in the bottom so the cops run in with their little guns and like the cops obviously get knocked over by the stampede and random passersby pick up their guns and start shooting into the crowd it's just you see like 20 random people get blown the fuck away by these dudes with police fire the whole fucking plot of this third act is just like the guy's like you can't inject my my female pet rat with this with these these bad organisms like we can't do this like she's my friend we can't do that and then his lab assistant steals the rat and injects her so she becomes gigantic and all the male rats are following her because they won't fuck and then this rat is terrified like hide to go to the bleachers while the male rats murder this whole crowd and then it's resolved because the professor <laughs> lures the female rat out to the courtyard by playing three blind mice on an electric guitar. <laughs> 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 and all the male rats follow her out. And oh the police goodness. just shoot along. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. This movie fucking rules. <laughs> I'm glad you got a chance to see this. <laughs> I'm so happy you assigned me this. There is no... Like, like I feel being assigned this the same way Parker probably felt when he was assigned Shackma. Like, oh, yeah. It is just... Because it's like... There are scenes where it's like, you know, larger than normal rats crawling on smaller than normal sets. 
and then like a puppet head bites somebody and they're just screaming <laughs> like <laughs> and there's like the synchronized swimming teams in the water just like doing their routine and there's an enormous eight foot rat tail sticks out of the water just like waves around and the crowd starts screaming <laughs> it's so good dude. <laughs> this is an excellent fucking film it is absolutely a plus 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 and i'm so sad you guys haven't seen it because i want to talk about it more <laughs> it might be in my future i i'm i'm 100 sure it's not on the list but it should be it absolutely one million percent should be it's kind of fucked up this is like advertised in some circles i guess as a horror comedy because like all of the jokes there are on the viewer side it's not it's not the, you know, the actors, like, looking into the camera and being like, well, that just happened. I guess a rat just ate my assistant. Isn't that wacky? Uh, yeah, no, it's not, it's not one of those movies, you know, that we're stuck mm-hmm. with these days. It's extremely good. Like, it's yeah. funny, but it's funny because you have the context of these murderous giant rats killing people on a college campus not because there are jokes in the script you guys would both have a great time with this also probably anybody listening to this would have a great time with this so Mm -hmm. future episode yes probably i mean not for a while because i just talked a lot about it but uh yeah yeah put this down an hour and a half instead of the matrix (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. i uh I need to talk about this for uh, for the boys and for everyone. Now, Parker, apparently, no connection watch? to uh, Food of the Gods one. By the way, well, I'm oh, never gonna uh, find out. So yeah, how about that attitude? Well, that movie says 1979 on it, and I see 97 and cross it off. Same. All right, I had time for a whopping two movies this week because it's November. Love life. Both of them horror assignments. Gobble gobble. Alright, let's hear it. Gobble gobble indeed. So first is the Inbetweeners 2. Now, here's the problem with uh, sequels to raunchy comedies. You can only take so many cock jokes before you're like, alright man. No. I'm ready for anything else. But I will say, it opens very strong. Um, it opens with an exact like frame for frame ripoff of like the first Harry Potter movie the font and everything the lighting the camera angles the camera movements everything leading up to the three of them walking up to a door all full wizard garb like it's shot exactly like the flashback sequences of Harry's parents getting murdered and they knock on the door and a guy opens it and goes no fucking way you listen to me and he just slams it in their face <laughs> <laughs> This is an incredibly good bit where they're just denied access to the college party. And then five minutes later, they get thrown out of a bar because one of them's dressed like Hermione and his ball sack keeps leaking out of the dress. She's a fucking school uniform. So, like, it's a real strong start, but it's also the American Pie 2 problem of, like, this is definitely more of what I watched last time. This is more raunchy humor. And, uh,. Not a lot of character growth, as it turns out, in these kinds of movies, so... No kidding. It's it's more of the same. It's diminishing returns, but I still had a decent enough time. So let us talk now about the Roland Emmerich space and what it has done to my uh, 
to my day. Oh, oh no, no, and or oh yes. <laughs> now I'm looking down the list. There's movies I've never heard of that like might make boring discussions. I see Stargate, I'm like, oh, that's probably a real movie. I don't want to waste my time with that. What's the fun in that? Narrowed it down to two. The Day After Tomorrow and 2012. Ooh. <laughs> I saw that 2012 is win, two win. and a half hours, so I watched The Day After Tomorrow. Which is 219. <laughs> it is. How is this movie so fucking boring? <laughs> Dude, this is a movie with ice wolves, and it's so, so boring. So much of this movie is just Jake Gyllenhaal sitting in a library going... Until my dad gets here, we're all gonna be okay. Like, who can <laughs> give a shit? <laughs> this movie's better for him than this week. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like this movie was the last chance to get America to care about global warming, and then everyone saw it and went, "Oh, what, you like that shitty movie? Yeah, I don't care about oh, that." Yeah. And now we're all gonna burn to death. So here's the highlight of the movie for me, which is all the pandemonium's going on. Right, we're like right in the middle of all the storms hitting. We're in New York City, baby. Greatest city on earth. People are running in the streets. Everything's going crazy. And there's a cop leading into a taxi cab. And you just hear him off screen yell, Lady, I don't speak French. And I fucking <laughs> died. Are you serious? Yes. Dude, come on. I remember. Come dude. on. No, no, he's right. He's right. so good, dude. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why does this movie have a roaming pack of wolves that are on a Russian submarine? Dude, I can't stop thinking about the ice wolves. <laughs> and they're so cool. And they look how you would expect them to. I, like, you take this concept of storms hitting the entire planet in, like, the span of a couple hours and just wiping out millions and millions and millions of people. And the options are limitless. Rebuilding society, who's taking over? You could go like super, super narrow and just take like Cyborg, this one group yeah. of people. You could have John Claude Van Damme doing the splits. You could do anything. And instead, you're just following Dennis Quaid looking for his fucking stupid kid for two hours. It's like 20 minutes of a really good disaster movie. And then Gyllenhaal and the math team are just hanging out in the library, burning books to stay warm. Absolute garbage. I fucking hate Roland Emmerich so much, dude. <laughs> well, maybe you I shouldn't have made that like, space, dude. I have not seen, like, any of his movies. Because as a kid, obviously I hated Godzilla, because... Yeah, look at As you should, yeah. And I've never, ever liked Independence Day. No, that's so not every a time movie. a movie comes out and it's from the creator of this and this, it's like, I, no. Well, a now you have pass. this show, so you're good. Exactly, and now, because I'd had this aside, like, oh, it's probably an episode at some point. I'll, we'll just wait for them. And I saw this two hours. I'm like, well, this is never gonna be an episode. I guess I'll watch this now since I got this space. What a fucking piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> How do you fuck up? You such an easy concept. You should have watched 2012. <laughs> yeah. 2012 it's is not. It's not good, but it's fine. Well, I look. I saw the run times. I thought I made the right choice. You didn't. Clearly, I was in the wrong. You could ask. How? We're here to help, buddy. <laughs> we didn't assign you this. You assigned yourself run, with I the space that you definitely made. I, I've seen 2012 several times, actually. 
See, what the I didn't know fuck? That. See, how <laughs> was I supposed to know that? That movie's just on on every plane forever. Like, I, it's not by choice. That's fair. Look, I'm assuming the space will come back in some form or another. Like, we'll see who more wins or loses this week. We'll see. Uh, who We're knows? gonna be doing this podcast until I'm cooked alive in my own day after tomorrow, Texas hell future. So, like, these movies will all come around my way sooner or later. Cool. Uh, I thought this would be uh hey, this would be a fun thing to talk about. And my God, just watching paint dry for an hour and a half. Thanks for absolutely nothing, Mister Emmerich. Asterisk, I will be there day one to see that Moon movie. Dude, Moonfall is going to be a week of episode. I'm just putting that out there now. I will never, ever learn my lesson. Yeah, of course not. (laughs) This Uh, was better. That was it. Was better than Midway, though, right? Oh Oh, well, (laughs) I totally forgot about Midway. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's better than Midway. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, See. That was my week. Two assignments down. <laughs> so many movies out, but instead, uh, got to wake up early before work to watch Dennis Quaid point at a map and tell not Dick Cheney that the world's gonna end, and be like, "Yeah, they got much. This is gonna cost." Like, hey, you get it? Hey, guys, get it? The fat yeah. cats up in Washington. <laughs> and uh, you know, good thing that's different now. Everything's fine. Love it being still being eighty degrees outside in November here. It's fine. This movie's not real. We're all fine. If it makes you feel better, dude, I uh, it won't. I was leaving the bar tonight, and it was 34 degrees, and there was some girl in a miniskirt and, like, knee-high boots, and I had to think about whether she was there on her own volition or whether some old guy made a hooker play pool with him. So, you know. Definitely the latter. Absolutely the I, latter. That's where, where I stand, you know. We can't say that in this day and age. You know, Chris's dad will know, but... Hey. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, not a doubt in my mind. That's it for me. It's been that in a whole lot of Dragon Ball. We are oh. nearing that finish line. Oh, Jesus. How are you not done Dragon Ball? What? Because the- we didn't watch it for like months because all my shit was packed up and then we had to re-sign the well, lease here. Whose like- fault is that? Dude, he still oh. hasn't finished Samurai Jack. I'm going nuts over that. The months this guy spent fucking going to house tour after house tour. I don't want to get into it. This has been an absolute nightmare before I just throw up my hands a week before the end of lease day going, I guess we're fucking staying here. Right, that's fine. fine. That's important. Congrats to all the winners. <laughs> Congrats to all the haters and losers that keep buying Of which there are many. Me. Everything's fine. There are fewer <laughs> than you think. It's all just same fucking company. <laughs> Buddy, you are more than welcome to come live with us. We also have Target here. And oh, we probably cool. have better minimum wage laws than you do. So Couldn't be worse. <sighs> Everything's fine. Life's been a nightmare. Entering Christmas, staying positive, watching ninja movies. We're doing cool. great. Thank God for this podcast. I would have been detained against <laughs> my will at this point without it. Okay, well, uh, in that case... Let's talk about New York Ninja. Now, I would like to uh, read something for the class here. These are the words that appear at the very beginning of New York Ninja. Because, like, thank you. As soon as I as soon as I saw that, like, I I hit pause and like, no, 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 this needs to be written down. I was it was immediately I was locked in like New York City, nineteen eighty four. 
Crime is at an all-time high. Gangs of drugged-out punks roam the streets, preying on the innocent. A rash of kidnappings involving young women has gripped the city with fear. The citizens of New York are fed up. The city needs hope. The city needs a hero. And thus begins the greatest movie of 2021. So, some Asian dude, I guess his name, and this is... Hey, hold on, hold on. Talk about the actual first shot of this movie. The up-looking shot at the World Trade Center. We get a lot of shots of the World Trade Center in this movie. (laughs) There's like 17 World Trade Center shots. But that is also the first shot of this movie. So let's just hit it now. Uh, Better time. Maybe we should reword the way that you say that. Hit it now. So. Better time. No, I, I, so, uh, I stand by my words. So John Liu, which is how he says his own name in this. Uh, <laughs> no one else does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, he is with his girl. Was his girlfriend's name Nia, Nita, something like that? Liu. I believe and it is canonical his wife. wife. You know. Yeah, wife. I guess. Yeah, because she has his last name. This okay, is the so. uh, as we call it the reverse libertarian. The. <laughs> Okay, and uh, he, uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're speaking to someone who did marry an Asian woman, so uh, how, what was exactly. it like That's why I can make the Gary? joke, man. That's yeah. why I can make the joke. You just don't make fun of Joel for voting for Here Come Dad Gary, well, that's your wheelhouse now. So, anyway, uh, it's his wife's birthday. How about them kids, though? So, it's his wife's birthday. And he decides that he's going to get his wife a gift. And I don't know what this is. I think it's like a miniature wrestling championship belt. And I don't know where she's supposed to wear this. It's not going to fit around her neck. It's certainly not going to fit around her waist. I, I don't know what I have this a is lot supposed of to be. Yeah, uh, but the biggest question is, oh my goodness, what the fuck is this dubbing? It is great. <laughs> so <It's> jarring. <laughs> Literally perfect. But, uh, Every single person, like, their voice doesn't match even close to it. It doesn't look like they had any experience, with, except for Don the Dragon Ball, who's perfect. Uh, it is really something to behold. Anyway, they hug each other. There's clearly people in the background who have nothing to do with the movie, and they're just like, what's going on over here? They part and they leave. And the whole thing is shot almost like a, a Wes Anderson test film. It's just a static shot. Well, should we talk away. about that now? Because, like... Almost all of this movie was shot illegally with no permits. So oh, like, yeah. It's just, like, literally random fucking, like, spot... Like, so, like, people turning around on the street to be confused. That was Yeah, real. but... Yeah, well, yeah, I know. in the middle of the day, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, well, God, yeah. they don't, can't afford to light a night <laughs> shot, so... It's just, like, two in the afternoon in the middle of New York City, people looking like, why is that guy wearing a fencing mask? Oh, we'll, we will get to Bulba? that. But first, first we're going to <laughs> first we're, we have to get to uh, this one gangster who I don't even know how to describe this fucking guy. I, I wrote down the world's youngest gang member, but uh, he's wearing like a fedora, but it's like one of those definitely like fuzzy fedoras or something like that. Chris, he's, did you uh, did you see what his name was in the credits? I think I forgot. What was his name? Fuzzy or something? Freddie Cufflinks. Freddie Cufflinks. Holy <laughs> shit. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. He, he does the whole bottom lip thing, you know, that sort of thing that, like, gangsters do in 1930s Bugs Bunny cartoons. Like, and he does that throughout the entire movie. He's just like, huh, this guy thinks he can boss me around. Thinks he's the boss of me, huh? And I'm like, what the 
fuck is going on here? Literally, like, like, we're not exaggerating when we say he's wearing a felt fedora. Like, yeah, it's it's felt. It like you can see all the excess felt. hairs and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nobody they, this. yeah, they uh, they take a woman from the streets because they're getting kidnapped for nefarious purposes, and they shove her into a car. And the struggle with this woman, you can see like an old woman just kind of looking up at them in confusion, where you'd be like. God, we need the old woman to be, like, scared. And, uh, like, oh, no, a woman's being kidnapped. That's important. She's just like, fuck's going on? What are you guys doing? I'm trying to walk here. And it just, it's, like, such a small thing, but it's, like, you can't look away from it. It's, like, just so there. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, that, that small scene did a lot for me. Anyway, Freddy Cufflinks uh, sees John Liu's wife, uh... She sees the whole thing, she witnesses it, and he cuts her throat, and you're like, oh no, that's bad. And then, I've never really seen anyone do this, but this is the first time I think I've ever seen someone peg a knife at someone. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't throw this knife, he fucking throws it like a snowball, it just sort of lands in her stomach. <laughs> and then... Right the fucking baby, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, cool. of course, we get the title sequence, which is just a low-angle shot of our hero doing Tai Chi in front of a casino. Absolutely disgusted that you didn't mention that she crumples over dead and it does a close-up of the I love New York sign. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So, <laughs> dude, I, so, like, my favorite part of this scene is, uh, the whole reason that she gets fucking murdered is because the lady that the ga- the gang members tried to kidnap, like, drops her purse. And she's just like, hey, excuse me, you dropped your purse as, like, six oh, people yeah, are right. carrying her yeah. away. And you you and see, like, like, one leg sticking out of a car somewhere. It's like, oh, by the way, uh, get this stuff here. I don't need we, more. We, uh, we talk on this podcast a lot about suspect behavior from, like, movie characters. This is the least New Yorker behavior that anybody could possibly imagine. Any real <laughs> New Yorker would look at that and just walk the other way. Like, right, yeah. Not, not a chance in a million years you'd be like, hey, excuse me, criminals, also take her purse and murder me. Like, I'm going to no. get involved in my community. No, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> you live in a borough that's over that way. So uh, he, uh, our hero, which is John Liu, and I'm going to keep saying it for the rest of the movie because that's how he says his own name, uh, who also directed this, and as the director thought, yeah, I'm good enough to star in this, is lamenting his wife's death on the roof of a movie, uh, on the roof of a building, which really reminds me of the rooftop scenes from The Room. Dude, it uh, looks like the roof of the fucking boarding house in Hey Arnold. <laughs> like, it does. <laughs> Grandma's gonna be up there playing a piano. Uh, he's fucking well, face. Kikoska. His fucking face, while well, he's like crumpling up broken glasses, he's going, why? Yeah! <laughs> fucking nose, though. <laughs> and that the fucking woman comes. I guess she's a journalist. Her was like, "Don't worry, you have me." And he's like, "Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone." And her hair. Can we talk about her hair? Like, look, I am not exactly like familiar with how women do their hair, but she must have had like some sort of brush somewhere on set, right? Did they lose the brush? <laughs> I mean. That's- Hey. Look at this movie. <laughs> that's, I, that's gotta be a John Bon Jovi wig, dude. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how else you explain that. It's so. Big. Anyway, I'm so, Yeah, it really does look like a John Bon Jovi. It's, wig. it's enormous. Yeah. So the drama, yeah. the drama of the scene is uh, diminished somewhat by the lead character's pinky ring, which uh, <laughs> looks like a fucking high school ring. <laughs> this fucking figure. Well, we, we should say for the viewers that uh, 
the all the drama of the scene is because he's on the roof of this house celebrating his wife's death or whatever and then drop kicks the table that all of her memorabilia is on <laughs> yeah and so. then then cries about that too and i want to say he has a really festive tablecloth for celebrating his wife's death <laughs> Dude, him sitting there with all the half-deflated balloons, thinking about his <laughs> dead wife, is really good. Okay, we need to talk about the gangsters' costumes because I'm not going to be able to hold it. Before back we here. get I there, why why are there why are there two swords on his wife's like birthday table? <laughs> he's he's like I think those are his probably, swords. But but what? No, he like unwraps them. Like yeah, because he got them like, from they China, uh, Japan. Huh, sure. I don't know where swords come from. Let, no, no, we're gonna spend, like, the next hour talking about these gangster costumes, so, like, like it's okay. We we can do this now. It's, it's I think he just, I think those are swords that they didn't really know how to put them into the movie, so they just I put them on the table next to the cake. So, uh, now oh, he's got his ninja swords, which we will get to those swords in a bit. Now the gangster's costumes. Parker, explain. <laughs> hey, uh, so you ever see the Warriors? <laughs> Do you ever see a Clockwork Orange? <laughs> what if you ha- watched the Warriors like this movie's sick, and also you had five dollars? <laughs> Let me get Every one guy from each gang. <laughs> Every single person has a different costume. You can't tell who's affiliated with who because like six people will just walk in a group like, "Hey, lady, hey, you, you lost here," and they're all dressed like different Power Rangers villains. It's the well, coolest thing I've ever seen. One thing many of them have in common is that they're all wearing facial disguises. What they are wearing on their faces differs from person to person. One guy is seriously—he's wearing like a hoodie, right, like a blue hoodie, and he's got the, like the hood up and everything, and he's using electrical tape to tape the hoodie to his forehead. I dude, dude, what the fuck, <laughs> Chris? The entire time I watched this, because that guy's in like several scenes, I just refer to him as retard Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a fucking Tobey Maguire in the ring with the Macho Man, but stupider. I kept thinking about he like Spider. I kept thinking about like Hoodsy from uh, According to Ginger. But like some of these, like there, there's. He was the shortcut. I'm, I'm gonna let that. Sorry. I'm gonna let that. that. <laughs> linger for a bit but uh leave it in uh, we've got like the one guy in the cowboy hat and cowboy get up we've got a guy in a fencing outfit we've got a guy in a 1940s fighter pilot helmet and a mask yeah like yeah one guy's got like the fencing helmet and everything that we've already mentioned and a lot of them are just wearing the facial disguise it just looks like rubber happens to be somewhere on their face or like pantyhose or like stretched across parts of their face but not like over their head right it's just like just tie it around myself like a bandana. It, it looks like the fucking mask for that leather face wore in the first Texas Chainsaw. It's like, like I know that like the the mask from Halloween was like a uh, a William Shatner mask they just like yeah. fucked with and melted down, like threw some shit on. It's mm-hmm. like if they did the inverse of that and then made those masks in and gave them to the people. There's like seven of them wearing that because they're just the yeah. most like generic rubber faces you could possibly imagine. Yeah. So, uh, the New York Ninja, which is uh, the new identity for John Liu, decides that he's going to stop them from being naughty, and he beats them all up in, uh, Parker, I believe you took Taekwondo, is it, is this called Flamingo Stance? Because that's what uh, Huarong did in <laughs> Tekken 3, and he beats them all with, like, just one foot on the ground. I was like, wait, this kind of rules, what's going on? <laughs> that scene where he just, like, kicks, like, seven dudes in the face in a row, so good. 
Yeah, it's like that one foot. It's like that one guy. He's like waiting for the guy to stab. Him. He's just like moving his foot around. Then like moves the guy's knife with his foot. Then kicks the guy in the face. While the guy's like, huh? It's like, wait, that actually kind of owns. And this is like this is before the scene where the dudes are using like clearly wooden daggers. Like, oh yeah, they, they, like, Those... these knives actually look real in this scene. They didn't so. even color them silver or anything. They didn't even wrap them in tinfoil. <laughs> they just so look brown. like the, the same sort of knives that Peter Pan used. <laughs> they look like chocolate, dude. It's so cool. <laughs> this movie fucking rules. They He's might as well be using cardboard throwing stars. <laughs> <laughs> I love so much that uh, they just Josh found just all these reels. Said, Don't do that. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> they have all these film reels. It's like, how do we make this into a movie? Okay, so here's the scene. There's a woman. She gets attacked. He appears on a fence and throws throwing stars. Okay, yeah. next scene. There's a woman. She's being <laughs> he appears at the fence. Yeah, so there's a there's a woman, and uh, they've got her up against a wall, and it looks like they're going to rape her, and I'm like, uh-oh. And one guy is right down, he's squatting down there, I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Some other guy jumps on that guy's back, I'm like, what the, wait, yeah, what, what are you doing? away! Like, yeah, I was like, no, 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 I have to fuck you so you can't fuck her. Like, what yeah, I is guess, that scene? Yeah, I, and one of the women, by the way, the, she, she gets kind of like accosted very briefly on the subway. She looks just like Princess Diana, so, <laughs> <laughs> real possibility. <laughs> And the first time that we see the New York ninja in his ninja, I guess, Parker, this would be Guy? Yes. Is it ninja Guy? Okay. Just making sure. No, oh, I don't know. disagree. This is, uh, it's like what a Sand it? People outfit, dude. Like, yeah, he looks like he's in Dune. He's, he's wearing a still suit. Okay, so. The cover has, like, the most pure, whitest snow, crisp ninja outfit. And he walks in, and these yellow piss so <laughs> It's so <laughs> He's up on the fucking rooftop doing like the ninja squat and everything and he legit does like the Lei Wulong ha thing with then three fucking ninja stars. It's oh so my goodness. Because like these scenes a lot of them just don't have endings. So yeah. there's like right, six yeah. dudes attacking a woman. He throws a ninja star into one guy's back. Someone else walks over like, hey, what the hell's going on here? And then we just cut to number one reporter <laughs> investigating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> April O'Neil. <laughs> it's, 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 Do the roar. It's extremely cool. Because, like... Do the roar. I, I can only assume that, like, we're supposed to think that there are multiple gangs in this movie. But, like... I don't know the difference between, like, the rape gang and the kidnapping gang and the car destruction gang. Like, they, they just, like... They're clearly not the same. They have different goals. Because the second act of this movie is just the New York Ninja killing people. But, uh, yeah, which uh, they deserve because they're very bad, but, you know. Uh, of course. But, like, I, yeah. just, I, I don't know which guys are, like, the regular bad guys and which are, like, the bad, bad guys, you know? Yeah, well, uh... <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about the limousine conversation. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before oh, yes. the limousine got before the limousine conversation, I think before that we we actually see uh, the New York Ninja on roller skates. Yes, Dude, sure do. That's what I texted you. Like, hey, by the way, man, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's just fucking scooting and rolling around and kicking people. Meanwhile, April April O'Neil, Ace Reporter, is on the scene, being like, "Are you getting this? Are you getting this?" <laughs> Our hot story tonight. <laughs> Some lady's like, 
my purse, someone come back. And you just see him swishing <laughs> in the frame wearing his full ninja outfit. On not roller blades, dear listeners. Roller skates. Yeah. Yeah. With like because, a two by two and everything. And you know, you might think as you're watching this, is he gonna kick somebody while he's on his roller skates? The answer is no. Because no human being can do that. But uh, you know, in a better movie they would. You know, he might as well have. We, we wouldn't be able to <laughs> I, if, if he did, you know, I'd be talking about it a lot more. So here's a here's a point of editing that I noticed in this scene that I wasn't sure if this was done, like, in 2021 or 1984. Okay, so, like, two of the bad guys are there. He does, like, the Looney Tunes, uh, like, bang their heads together sort of thing. That is sped up. That's, like, noticeably sped up. Like, yes. someone, like, did this on purpose. Because when they shot it originally, it was probably, like, one of those okay, do it, but make sure their heads don't actually hit each other because it might cause a concussion sort of thing, and then they fall down. Cowards. Someone had the frame of mind to be like, uh... And I was like, wait, I'm what are you guys fucking... I tra- Dallas Goddard, so... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna keep that. So, yeah, yeah, you like, should. Yeah. So, like, anyway, he fucking... Someone had the frame of mind to fucking edit that in. I'm just like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did you guys decide to start trying on this? When you looked at it like, well, we don't want to embarrass ourselves in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Parker, could you tell us about what they talk about in the uh, limousine? Uh, what they talk about or how they talk about it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they discuss acquiring females, let's say. Now, how would you getting go about... Yes. <laughs> the only currency that matters in the post-apocalypse of 1980s New York. Damn. Yeah. They do this by pulling up next to each other, rolling their windows down, and then just passing giant 8 by 10 headshots <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> That's what the sex trade is, ladies and germs. Just the My client likes a lot of women. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You'll be satisfied. And then he just hands the pictures back for some reason. I mean, that's the prop department for this movie. It's just like they went to the casting department and be like, hey, can we borrow those? And then they just put them in the movie. So, like, this scene is fine until later it's revealed that Glasses Guy is an Interpol agent. Oh, yeah. What was his name in the end credits? Did they call him the Pale Man? Probably. The plutonium killer? No, no, no. The that's the, no, that's the, bad the plut- guy. Yeah, yeah. The oh, plutonium killer is right. like the big bad. Yeah. I'm talking about mixed up. the yeah, fucking. Yeah. The no, that's fair. Guy. Yeah, yeah, with the blonde hair and the yeah. glasses. Yeah, yeah, I think they call that him. Guy. The, okay. I'm pretty sure they call him the pale man, and he's in there for like a minute and a half. Uh, by the way, did you guys see that subtle plug for Ninja Three Domination? Got me thinking about it. Yeah, dude, it was they were, they were just like running past it. I just saw that it was Ninja Three Domination. I'm like, all right, <laughs> this movie, movie knows its influences. <laughs> and not though, actually, this is better. So uh, all of a sudden, this movie becomes a David Cronenberg picture. Uh, I wasn't dude. quite prepared for that. Yeah, what the dude? <laughs> I still don't understand. Uh, so here's the thing: it's kind of like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. We are allowed to draw our own conclusions. Very similar movies. <laughs> Very similar takes here. Uh, yes. I like to think that he acquires these females in order to suck their lifeblood out. Not like blood, but like their life energy. Kind of like a Dementor or something like that. Parker, you watch Harry Potter. So like he does that, and that way he can like stay young or something. I think that's what's going on in that scene. What do you guys think? Uh, he opens the, the briefcase, and then he draws Pot of Greed, which allows him to draw two additional cards from his deck. <laughs> Great. Okay. He just opens a briefcase that is glowing bright green. 
starts laughing maniacally, and then his hands start melting. Dude. And then we just go to the next scene. Bunch yeah, and then he starts out. screaming at his own hands. I'm like, what the fuck is this? guy, this? Like, 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 I don't know what this guy was doing when he was acting, but in real life, that man was coming. <laughs> I don't know what was causing it. Like I, I don't. It's just, it's just, just a. But we will get to not that. pain in a pleasure way, you know. So the the ninja attacks more people. Uh, by the way, he has New York Ninja emblazoned on his throwing stars. I would so, too. This is good. Again, that I way you can get him back in yeah. case you lose him. Yeah. You're like, oh, they also belong to the New York Ninja. Okay, oh, excuse no, me. Bro, Let's hail him down. Mine, you can have it. Yeah. Uh, and he is able to beat some of his onlooker or some of his uh, oncoming attackers with, I guess they're eggs full of pocket sand. Yeah, uh, basically. I think yeah, this, yeah, is, this is like a, like I I don't know if I don't know if Parker got to like high enough belt where they had to like throw chalk in each other's faces, but uh, God, I wish I've been in a bar where chalk was thrown in someone's face, and it uh it's very hard to see through. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been in a bar <laughs> thrown in the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for two people listening, Absolutely. but I don't care. <laughs> I love that he keeps throwing the chalk bombs at people because in one take he clearly misses entirely. Yeah. But they don't have any other footage, so they just have to roll with it. Right. Or else the next scene doesn't make sense. Because how yeah. else will you get out of it? <laughs> So, our ace reporter, and also her cameraman, uh, they're met by some guy in a car who I guess is just their boss. He's like, hey, check this out. And he's got, like, a a fucking shirt that says, I heart New York Ninja. He's like, look, we're going to start a whole thing over this. I'm like, man, I can't wait for the sequel to this, which we will get to. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we will. The New York Ninja saves a little Asian boy and uh, digs a bullet out of his chest with uh, the fucking knife that Jafar used when he says, your eternal reward. <laughs> <laughs> fucking digs that shit out, which it must, maybe he has, like, bulletproof uh, uh, armor, like, right above his ribcage or something, because, like, how did it just get lodged, like, right in here? Maybe his heart's too strong or something. So, uh... Okay, are we going to talk about the boobs? My God. Which said... Dude. This was, I mean, I mean that's got to be tough to walk around. I, I felt with, uncomfortable right? because of all the gang sexual yeah. assault. But if someone else brings it up, I mean, you know, like it's just <laughs> no. I thought it was consensual. I thought she was like a prostitute, and he's going to absorb her life power. Wait, are we talking about the one that he hypnotizes? Oh, does he hypnotize her? I, I think I it was taking too scene, many I, notes. I actually don't know what scene we're talking about right now, which says all that needs to be said about this movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, there is some woman in here with... Parker, let me see if this word is okay. Gigantic breasts. Uh, and... The medical term is gigantic hooters. Yes. Yeah, the term it I am familiar with is, is, is AT&T level. But, uh... <laughs> okay. Right. Damn it! That's ruined. <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> enormous... Like to to the extent where you're just like worried about her health, and where you feel <laughs> like Mozart is on your dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the size of the fucking San Andreas remastered model. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I mean, it's alarming. It's all. I just want to make sure she's okay and if she's single. So anyway, she is in the backseat of this car, just 
writing this dude like Mozart. Oh yeah, this is and after she got hypnotized. This is. Oh, I didn't know she got. Hi- okay, fine, I missed. Though. I missed her getting hypnotized. So this is not consensual. Well, th- there's bad. like a very clear you were getting sleepy, embarrassing fucking part in the scene before this. I, uh, you know what, dude? I jump cut. Yeah, to the I, I, biggest tits you've ever seen. I, I must like, not have seen that. Movie? Yeah, I I must not have seen that. Oh, you got I, the defeminized cut. Yeah. It's cool. That maybe maybe that's what it is. Uh, anyway, yeah, that scene. Uh, you can't stop looking at him. You know, just what are we doing here? Um, anyway, the the gang is getting really upset. Oh yeah, I guess he absorbs her lifeblood and. Some guy in the front seat who's affiliated with uh, the plutonium killer comes out, and he's got a rat tail, and his name is Rat Tail, and he bites his own rat tail. <laughs> this guy, what is his deal? You have this a is, rat tail. Your nickname is Rat Tail. <laughs> that's that's what gets me. It's like this. Parker's really said it best. We've talked about concentrations of guys in movies. And, I mean, this is like a new level of guy in movies. This rat tail guy. Was captivated every (laughs) single time he was on screen. Yeah, The vocal performance that was given to him. The the first time he's, like, we see him, he's driving the car between the plutonium killer and the British guy, he's just chewing on his rat tail in the front seat. And I was like, oh, surely that rat tail isn't going to come into play later. I've never seen a movie before. And then... Well, we will... the fuck? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to mention that, like, at one point, the kids come out like that uh, one asian kid has all his little friends come out right Pardon, when i say all his time, friends time out you say the one time <laughs> no the one first of my first notes in this movie is how does a child owe four gang members money <laughs> it's like kid, denny in the room <laughs> this kid has been bullied by gangsters and cowboy hats and fencing masks his whole life finally finds his benefactor and then rounds up all the other kids in the playground and is like hey let's be pretend ninjas and go fight these guys with guns <laughs> okay so that's the thing about pretend Twice. ninjas can you imagine being one of those kids who they didn't have enough geese to go around so you had to wear your down jacket <laughs> is that how it was for the red army i guess I mean, maybe that's what's going on here because, like, I, there is one girl in the front, and, like, all behind there, they have all these little kids in, like, black ninja geese. I'm like, wow, that's cool. This one girl has this most sour face because she's wearing a purple down jacket. You could just tell she wants a fucking hood. Well, you know, I would be furious. I would I would just go home. I would if eat you want to earn the hood, you gotta take it from somebody. <laughs> like, oh, is that how it works? <laughs> well, I imagine there's, like, ten hoods and, like, 17 kids, and, you know. Sorry, I, I just want to talk about, I just want to mention that. Let's go back to Rat Tail and Drunken Sword Style. So, <laughs> they both have swords, and the only way to fight <laughs> with that, swords is Drunken Sword Style. Is that even this scene? I can't, I can't remember. No, after, <laughs> after the kids confront him, then is Drunken Sword Style. I remember that because I wrote down... In all capital letters, he bit his own rat tail, and then I wrote down drunken sword style, and it was just Dude, we could just talk about this. When his one sword gets broken, and he puts the other sword in his mouth to go drunken mode, and then the, the guy watching is like, oh, "That's 
It's Drunken Sword style. It's one of the best styles. <laughs> As he's just stumbling around and doing cartwheels. It's literally. And staring like, oh my god. It's so, literally the like, here's, here's, Gordo has thing. the best fighting stance that you possibly imagine. This, this was fucking filmed ten years before Legend of the Drunken Master with Jackie Chan. So, <laughs> so cool. we know where he got his influence from. <laughs> this movie is incredible because you can put the scenes in literally any order and it doesn't make a difference. Like, you can leave the opening word because his wife dies in the first two and a half minutes. You can rearrange the entire rest of the movie and you'll be just as lost. Because oh, like yeah. they keep coming to that like underground bunker where women are just tied to pipes and like when that reporter get there, I don't, did I look down? Oh yeah. That scene? <laughs> like like I'm supposed to feel really bad for this woman because they got kidnapped and I guess their life essence is being used to, for, to uh, prolong the life of the plutonium no, killer. I, I think they're just in the basement. I think they're good. I, like nothing no, bad I happens think, to them. I think every once in a while one of them gets taken out and they get sent to the plutonium killer and he takes their life essence. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because why else would you just hoard them there? Like your Bowser well, in the I Super mean, Mario Brothers movie. Dude, we, we, we need to rewind to talk about the scene before he kills the big teddy lady. Where uh, <laughs> the New York ninja and his, I guess, adopted child are at whatever the fuck is going on here. And the kid goes, I want that one. I want the clown mask. And then he goes over and gets the clown mask that is identical to the one the murderer wears. And this fucking kid has his Joker moment in the streets yeah. of New York. It's so fucking stupid. Goes right up to him, like, "Oh, I like your mask," and then he disappears into the crowd. I like room, your like, mask anyway. Goodbye. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're getting very sleepy. Is it? Is that? Sleepy. Oh, that's what happens. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, you yeah. Know, bitches I love magic. So I think I may have written something, especially when Benny from the Mummy does it. But uh, <laughs> <course>. yeah. <laughs> But, it should uh, be noted that uh, he adopts his child because the rival gang finds out that the ninja's one weakness is, of course, bullets. He gets shot <laughs> in the chest. Dude, there yeah. are legitimately eight scenes in this movie where the ninja's doing his ninja shit and someone pulls out a gun and he goes, uh, I got nothing. All right, I'm just going to stand here. Yeah. He slowly <laughs> stares at him and then just does like a, ho, 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 ah, the gun is disarmed now. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of my favorite scenes is I think they have the reporter lady and uh, the, the, I don't know, what's, the, what's his fucking name? Uh, Bugsy Malone Jr. with a felt fedora just holds a, a 357 up to her like ah wait she gets it and he's like okay he starts doing like back handsprings and Bugsy <laughs> decides it's a great time to start shooting him yeah it's like oh man you know you you stood in place just like I told you to so I'm not gonna yeah. shoot her like like what are we doing what the fuck is <laughs> yeah there are like owns, no less but... than two scenes where he's dead to rights with a gun pointed at him and then just throws a ninja star at the guy <laughs> <laughs> I really Can love the scenes about... where the uh, the guy catches the ninja star between his fingers next to his head. It's like, oh, that guy's dead. Like we know that him in the head, he's done. Like, <laughs> every time it happens, it's funny. All right, now, can we talk now about the helicopter? Of course, <laughs> I want to talk about the helicopter. Parker, it's could so you explain to me why? Because like you've watched this whole movie, you're like, okay, they don't have money for literally anything. And that helicopter flies in, and you're like, no fucking way. Come on, man. Please don't do it's not, what I know you're going to do. It's not even that. It's that, like, there's a previous scene with the helicopter where the pilot goes, no, I don't have enough gas to take off. Which is, like, plausibly, knowing what I know about this movie, like, something 
that was actually said by the helicopter pilot. So I was like, oh, so yeah, this helicopter's gonna spin on the fucking runway, nothing's gonna happen, and like, anytime somebody gets in, like, they're gonna get dragged out. But it worked as a tease, because we get this. Where the New York Ninja climbs aboard, plants a bomb, and I gotta tell you, when he dropped off the, uh, the helicopter... I legit thought that John Liu died. John Liu died there because there's no way they had like a safety net or a trampoline for him to land on. But it turns out they just probably had it like two feet above the building. It was just nothing. So anyway, as they fly away from the building, they're like, "Hey, what's that beeping sound?" <laughs> and then the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> we got away. Hey, what's that sound? That explosion. It's Dude. So <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> Considering how illegal this entire film was, don't you think there's like a possibility they blow up like a real helicopter? That's where they put all of their budget into it. They just blow it up <laughs> when no one's expecting it. No, York. like they, sp- they spent their whole budget to like take their whole New York City cast to like Serbia to blow up a helicopter. Because it's yeah. cheaper than blowing up a helicopter in New York City. Right. Hey man, uh, why didn't you finish filming that movie? Well, you know, sometimes you blow up a helicopter in New York City. Yeah, well anyway, uh, it turns out the cops of New York aren't so pleased with this, so the New York ninja gets arrested. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, alright, freeze New York ninja, we got you right where we want you. He's like, okay, alright, come down. Chekhov's kids to the rescue. Oh my god, wait, (laughs) hold up. So the kids come in there, and some of them are wearing ninja geese, some of them are just wearing their down jackets, and some of them have signs that say, I heart New York Ninja. One kid is carrying a sign, and he very clearly is carrying it backwards, so no one can read it. <laughs> what do you it's think that like, kid's sign said? You think he had more than a day to live? <laughs> I heart. I heart. <laughs> oh my god, it's the New York Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to bleep it. It's cool, dude. Just say it. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's quite, by the way, it is, say it. It's fine. it is NY, so that N could stand for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the kids come in and they just start jumping around. <laughs> like enemies in a video game, like they, they just swarm you, they don't do any damage, they really make you move <laughs> slower. <laughs> like fucking Ewoks. Like, <laughs> yeah, they jump around like fucking Warwick Davis. <laughs> the Return of the Jedi celebration. And then, it like, literally the is, though. And, and the fucking New York Ninja does one of these. Just as a... He just sneaks into the <laughs> fucking A-Rod sinking into the ground. <laughs> he looks like fucking Austin Powers. Like, oh, let me take the stairs <laughs> behind the couch. Oh, I hope this elevator works. <laughs> He's just gone, and the and the sheriff, the police chief, the head of the cops says, "Well, that's it. He's gone." Austin, we knew there weren't handcuffs there the whole time. And then he reunites with the reporter lady and hugs her. Looks at the camera and does the Bill Clinton lip bite. He just does like. And then, maybe my favorite thing I've ever seen in my life: New York Ninja will return in L.A. Ninja. <laughs> I need that movie more than I need Oxygen. I, I need that it, movie more than I need Dune 2. I assume it's as bad as Escape from L.A., but also, yes. Let's not jump to conclusions. Also, <laughs> no, no, I can't. That, that's how L.A. works. But. I just want to... I just... 
If it hasn't been made yet, Don the Dragon Wilson's still alive. We can get some going here. <laughs> Next and week's episode, all eight with the, <laughs> the stock footage of people celebrating on the streets with the rap song over the credits. You guys, oh, a rap song oh, that God, I, I forgot about like, that. I feel like was not recent because they refer to the New York Ninja wearing all black, which he does not do. <laughs> or they just didn't <laughs> oh yeah ninjas wore black sure yeah, you go. it's like the whoop there it is Adam's family thing <laughs> it's going to what now I know this. so by the way as soon as the credits start and you hear that hip hop beat start you see that woman with the like the furriest marionette you've ever seen in your life you're like what the fuck is happening it's the scariest thing in this movie <laughs> it's scarier than that guy's hands the plutonium killer's hands and then you see everyone's names, and once you see Don the Dragon Wilson's name right there, I mean, that's a real stand-up and clap and woot. I mean, I, I stood up and clapped the first time I heard his voice, because yeah. I am not an amateur. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's, like, one of the best things about this movie is that we talked about maybe half of it. Like, yeah. There's so many more dumbass fight scenes and like backflips and dudes getting kicked in the face and ninja stars getting thrown and pocket sand hitting dudes in the fucking dome most of whom are wearing sunglasses like it's and also it's, it's not crazy. hitting dudes in the dome yeah. <laughs> oh my that goodness too. i'm just so happy that this movie exists i'm so happy that someone found it and released it it's like it doesn't matter whether it's good that's not what this is about this is, this is this about is families about tr- bringing people close together like venom this is honestly perfect. I watched this with like seven people earlier, and they're like, "Are you serious?" Best. Oh yeah. man! Yeah, they're like, "This is the best movie we've watched as a group in like years." Like because it's like, so, it gives the people what they want. Like yeah. I know that if you're somebody that doesn't watch the movies we're talking about before we talk about them, like this doesn't mean that much. But like, if we were able to get through to everybody before they got to this point, and we're just like, hey. Watch New York Ninja. You're gonna have a good time. Watch it with your friends. Like Saturday night, y'all get home from the bar, just put it on. You're gonna have a fucking blast. It's a perfect movie for that. And that's what's so good about this. Like it's such an enjoyable experience with people, with everyone going, Wait, that guy's wearing a cup over his jeans. Like <laughs> like because you're never gonna see everything a ninja's wearing, like in in these fight scenes. It's great. You just it's meant to be seen with a group because one person will never see everything. Like, the three of us together, we're pretty perceptive people. We probably told you, like, 25% of the outfits of these randos that are fighting the New York Ninja the whole time. Like, it's a blast. Just, just like, look for stuff. It's cool. There is a world where this movie gets dubbed with, like, a Kung Pao-style thing, which would probably be funny. But the fact that they ham it up a little bit, but still deliver all the lines mostly straight, that's what saves it for me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's just, like, turned up a little too much, especially for the main characters. Like, some of the side characters are really going for it, especially our good friend Rattail. But it just, it reads like every other movie from that time period of, like, hey, do we have a script? No, just kind of try and make the mouth match up. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And that makes it so much better that it appears to at least try to be somewhat earnest instead of being Kung Pao, but again, 20 years later. Also, yeah, I like this movie just the way it is. So. Also, as it is, 100% of the tomato meter. So, uh... Hell yeah. Yeah. Critics what matters. 
All right, uh, let's move on to the game of games. <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> Alright, so I'm just gonna take a glance at these scores here quick. Uh, Chris, your teams were 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. I, Well, 5-5. Five, and five. The 1 doesn't count as a bye week. I'm just stupid and can't talk. Um, Parker, your teams were 4-3. and Because you had 3 bye week teams and the John Water space. God damn it. And my teams were 4-5-2. Uh, which uh so that does make me the loser so parker Almost impossible parker you are free to assign me a movie as the winner Why? of this week at four three and three and one <laughs> i had something let me pull it up here now you're good because it seems like something you might have watched on your journeys through prime have you watched a movie called Steel Dawn? I have not. Okay, this is a movie where a post-World War III swordsman, Patrick Swayze, defends a desert widow and her water treatment. Form. Excuse me? <laughs> what? I stumbled across this earlier, saw the cover of him wielding a sword, and went, yeah, I'll make Alex watch that at some point. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that is understandable, and I accept that crank. Um, so, uh, you guys remember how ties work? Why even ask? Well, so I have both ties this week, which, given the structure that I've built, does not matter. Um, I put a, a special six-sided die worth of, uh, in case any tie happened during the season, built this in, of things that could be very punishing or very funny. So, uh... Oh... Um, <laughs> okay, no. so this is the penance space, you know, everyone's been a bad boy this year to some degree, you know. I'm a Catholic, I know. Alright, so here's how this is gonna work. Between right now, when we're talking about this, and next week, not between when this episode comes out and when the following episode comes out, because who the fuck knows how long that'll be. Sorry. So next week... Each of us is going to have to bring something to the table that we are offering up as our penance. A thing that we watched, you know, to make up for whatever our sins were. And all of us are going to put something forward. And we're going to vote amongst us. And the winner of the penance space is going to get seven Dragon Balls. Oh my god. So uh, whoever watches <laughs> the worst thing is going to get seven Dragon Balls. Now, here are the rules. You cannot stack different things together and make this cumulative. You can't be like, yeah, I watched 18 bad movies this week. No, it doesn't work like that. You gotta mm -hmm. pick one thing that is especially bad and watch it to completion. You can't be like, oh yeah, man, I really wanted to watch Dexter Season 7 this week, so I watched the first two, and I promise I'm gonna keep watching that. No, you're disqualified. You don't get them. Um... But, uh, whoever punishes themselves the worst gets seven Dragon Balls. And if anybody is found cheating, the Manicor will, uh, 
might have some things to say. <laughs> just, just, just in case someone assumes they're gonna get beat by the other two people, and uh, it's like, right. yeah, you know, I watched the annoying orange for five minutes. Like, yeah, no, no. yeah, you nah, yeah, don't even fucking yeah. try it. Yeah, I mean, also uh, voting. So it's it's a tie week. Well, I, I mean, mm-hmm. that person would lose, but it's only the winner that gets something. It's more, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, you see what I'm saying here. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's time for the fastest me. three minutes in dice. <laughs> no, I didn't have audio this week, so I'm just going to roll one time. I'm going to be nice. You know, don't have to be mean every week with the dice. Unless somebody thinks I should roll twice. Did anybody hear Boomer this week? You know, I, I didn't hear uh, anything. No, I, didn't get Sorry. Oh, I was not Parker? watching this fucking game. I was playing Halo up until very... <laughs> As you, recording time. as you should. That is good and fair. I looked at this lineup and said, no thank you. It's time to game. Okay, I will offer this choice to Chris, because he is not the person that's in charge this week. Um, would you prefer to assign a movie to me or to Parker? I prefer to assign a movie to you. Alright, what do you got? Okay, I feel really guilty about that Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer thing. I think that's yeah. going to be a real bust. I don't even think you're going to have much to say about it. So instead, I, I think you said you haven't seen this movie. Uh, you have not seen Samurai Cop, is that correct? Correct. All right, I would like you to watch Samurai Cop, and I'll tell you this one. This would be another good one to watch with a group of, like, seven people. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, Parker, you can assign a movie to Chris, and then I'll assign one to you. Oh, jinkies. Okay, well, I'm feeling kind of nice. Chris, you like Upgrade, right? Uh, yeah. Alright, you should watch The Invisible Man from last year from the same writer-director. Oh, I didn't know that was the same guy. I also did not know that was the same guy. Yes, sir. Alright. Thank you! So, Parker, I'm gonna give you a choice. Would you like odds or evens? Evens. Let's go. Dun, 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 Alright. Evens it is. So you can either have the Evens movie or take the Odds movie. And I will reveal one to you beforehand. <laughs> what is the Evens movie? Captain America. Oh, man. There's so many <laughs> Give me odds. All right, you are going to watch a movie called *Urban Menace*, starring. Damn it! I definitely remember scrolling past that on this <laughs> fucking IMDb. Starring one Snoopus Doggus and some other people. Jimmy <laughs> yeah, you really shouldn't have. You made a grave mistake. That is true. I just I know about those Captain America movies. I just wasn't sure if there'd be anything there, and now I am regretful. Well, uh, you might know about a lot of Captain America movies. You say plural, meaning I don't think you're talking about the one that I was talking about, but that's okay. Uh, I can't remember the fucking guy's name that was in it, but <laughs> we'll get there you eventually. Know, we avoided it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, if you guys would like to pull up the Game of Games worksheet. Keep your scantrons out, boys. <laughs> Parker, the winner at four, three, three, and one. Somehow, 
I'm so pissed. I had more wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we do anything else, uh, would you like to change the jo- John Water space to something else? Because you don't have to watch something because you won. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to think of something clever for it. I will get back to you. You'll you want to leave it? or? Oh, no. I'll just... I forgot to think of what to change okay. it to. Well, I'm going to put it here for now. So, uh, what I was, uh, okay, uh, Parker, you can trade one of your teams for one of either of our teams right now. Jinkies. You don't really need those mills. Or those cardinals. <laughs> or that Eddie. I also don't need world. these giants. <laughs> <laughs> Give me those lions. You're trading the gotcha. Giants for the Lions? <laughs> yes, Son sir. Of a bitch. You fucked me up. God damn it. I damn can't it. believe it. Oh. <laughs> ah. Unbelievable using your winning edge to do that to us. I almost got rid of the Broncos, but I still want them to stay up there the entire season. <laughs> the okay. Well, uh, um, now each of us can throw one of our teams into the pot. Okay? Okay. Uh, um, order doesn't matter. Alright, I want to get rid of the Texans. Texans in the pot. Okay, now I'll, I will also get rid of my Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> the funniest part of every week. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send my Jets in there. Okay. Uh, Chris, put a team in. Uh, Jaguars. Jaguars. Parker, put one of Chris's teams in. Let's get those pesky Buccaneers out of there. Buccaneers are in. Alright. So I'll get rid of one of my teams now. Um, Oh my, I have the most middling fucking teams you can imagine. You really do. It's just the most Fucking it's like, find ass. the good team. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna put the Giants in. Uh, Parker, get rid of one of my teams. Good luck picking one. <laughs> wow. It's the, Ra- it's the Rams. Put the Rams in. Okay, Rams. Alright, and now put... Like, I wasn't even gonna take the Lions at first, but I looked at this team like, no, man, fuck this. <laughs> Stick to the bin. Alright, yeah. Parker, put one of your own teams in now. Let's get those fucking dolphins out of here. Tired of looking at them. Cool. <laughs> Alright. So, uh... Parker, you can have your the first choice. One to two, three to four, or five to six. <clears throat> three to four. Okay. Chris, do you want one to two or five to six? One to two. Alright. That's a one, so Chris gets first pick. Uh, Super oh. Bowl champion. Lo- yeah, okay. yeah, you take him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, all right, Parker. Do you want one to three or four to six? One to three. That's uh, on the floor. Hold on. That's a two. All right, and take your second pick. Poggers. Damn. Well, my first pick is gone. <laughs> so, so I guess I'll take the Rams. Uh, all right, guacamole. <laughs> all right, so those are some teams. I'll take my Buccaneers. Uh, Chris, you can pick. 
from these six. From John Waters' space, the Texans, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Giants, or the Dolphins. Maybe the John Waters' space. <laughs> All right. Good news. I voted that it's now the Sasquatch space. All right. So good call. Thank Squash you. Space. Squash space. Squash space. <laughs> Parker, you're up. Also, I plan on taking it, so it ended up working out for you. <laughs> um, God, I don't want... Fuck it, Jags, let's go. Alright. <laughs> the other Super Bowl champions. Well, I will take the Dolphins. Damn. Yeah, clearly the best team there. <laughs> I just dropped them, though. I don't want them back. Alright, Chris, Texans, Jets, or Giants? Giants. Giants. Do, do it. Take Joe Flacco, Parker. Do it. Oh, yeah. I want Joe Flacco more than anything. <laughs> Thanks. Fucking God. Let's go. Cool <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I feel like it came out ahead this week. Somehow. Absolutely. Did. <laughs> Actually, yeah. That does. Well. Also, everybody Maybe. gets two Dragon Balls. So, uh, that's for the tie. Sometimes your teams look good and then you get two yeah. ties, which seems almost statistically impossible. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I didn't cheat my way to any advantage with that. You know, what can I... It's, yeah. Penance is for everyone, you know. Mostly God, Catholics. Please, the Manticore. Yes, the Manticore knows oh, me. Yeah. Dude, if I had... If the fucking Manticore was here right now, I'd just submit Howard Lovecraft and I'd win. Well, you should have thought about that before you watched it. <laughs> well, good thing there's sequels, huh? Yeah, yeah. good. I should have thought about the fucking imaginary Manticore wanting me to do I Penance. Am... Always. <laughs> and then Parker's walking through the toy aisle in Target, just like, ooh, like a are... The Manticore lurks around every corner. <laughs> oh my god, they got like a fucking like Magic the Gathering Manticore card set like right on there. He just like turns it around so I can't see him. Dude, walking. if they had that, I would pay him any amount of money to buy it and ship it to me. Pretty I sure the Manticore is a sign and become religious immediately. Oh, there's a whole bunch of manacores. Well, there's yeah. like a manacore in like several card games, right? You know. I guess I don't know. I'm just. I don't have the answers. Did uh? Did either of you ever like when you were a kid like go to you know some store one day and like end up buying some trading card game that nobody ever played with you? Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. What what were 100%. yours? What were yours? Oh my god. Uh, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> well, <laughs> also that. Well, I mean, yeah, because why would I talk to those people? But also, like, I had, like, a full fucking set of the Mobile Suit Gundam card game. <laughs> what? I want that! <laughs> Dude, it was so sick! And, like, the whole time I was like, I can't wait to run into somebody that also has these cards. But then I didn't talk to people. Because, uh... So because Xbox Live became a thing and I was just done. <laughs> those cards are still here somewhere. Alright, those are the prize for the Game of Games this year. Alright, right, winner of the I Game of the Games gets a set of suit Gundam training cards. Hang That's on, let me, let me find that real quick. Dude, they were so cool. They were so fucking cool. What do you mean R is so fucking cool? Yeah, I'm trying to find this. a movie to watch into Manticores. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult, please. <laughs> it's Dude, it's really fuck? a trade-off. Booster packs for the Mobile Suit Gundam card game are fifteen dollars now. What the? F 
time. I didn't. Oh, I didn't need to eat this one. Yeah. I'm gonna talk to our good friend Adrian. That's the tea, sis.